This is Doug Mankey, killing on Superman. You are listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. <laughs> No, that one stuck to the wall. Sweet. Okay. It's sliding down very slowly right now. Yeah, just like mm. it. It's leaving like a little, little bit of octopus you get in the plastic. Yeah, I was just gonna go there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wacky wall walkers. Yep. They're great. Uh, they freak my dogs out though. They still have them? Yeah. I haven't seen one in uh, twenty years. Well, you haven't been in a dollar store. It's facts. Yeah. yeah. Hashtag facts. <laughs> Woodrow and the dollar stores are not are not yeah, uh, common, common are not often in the same spot. Yeah, you should just. I mean, they got some good stuff in the dollar stores. Nah, like we used to go to the one called Five Below, which I think is a little less, little more bougie. It was the five dollar and below. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I haven't been to like a dollar general type of place in a long, long time since <laughs> yes. since I was living with my broke ass mom. Yeah, feebly's bougie. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> hey, everybody. It's 11 o'clock comics, episode 767. It's a palindrome. And I am Vince B. Just like race car. And I am David A. Price. Yep. Pudusi. That's right. <laughs> I used And I used to be Zane Townsend, but you know me better as Frank Einstein. Ooh, nice. There you go. Sweet meat. You are not. Frank Einstein, you're Jason. Although you're kind of in the same attractiveness bracket. Wow, that's so hurtful. Oh, he's good-looking guy, Frank he Einstein. Is. He is. Yeah, he's yeah. fucking Frankenstein. What? Oh, you're talking about Madman, right? Yeah, yeah but yeah. he yes, but he's fucking under the mask. He's. I'm not talking about under the mask. You're not. You're Jason <sighs> Wood. Oh, jeez, here you're Jason <laughs> Wood. Everybody's in the house today having fun this is just going to be an all over the place episode i got the mm-hmm. feeling i got mm-hmm. that feeling mm-hmm. um but one thing that is not scattershot that's discount comic book service they have all a, the savings right they have a plan to get you your books quickly for the lowest price possible now unfortunately transition phase it's that time of the month right the list of specials has not been posted yet, but rest assured, once that list hits the internet, you're going to say to yourself, wow, these discounts are both deep and plentiful. Vince B's right. And it's the truth because you're going to just go there now, dcbservice.com. Go there and just look at last month's list of specials. And if you're not a subscriber or you're not a patron, you don't patronize Discount Comic Book Service, you'll be able to see everything that we got and what we paid. You're like, wait a minute. I just paid full price for that damn thing. Well, yeah, that's what happens when you don't go to dcbservice.com. They're the best. Nice. I did a little bit of improv in that one. I loved it. Yeah, you yeah. Just, you little, yeah, you'll swing for the. Fan. I got a little. I got a little something I wanted to run by you. Oh, but we'll do the. We'll do the rest of the. Uh, the, the intro stuff first, but okay. I got a little story for you. I think that was the intro stuff, but we got to do the drink roll call. Indeed. Speaking of that, what are you consuming? Well, coffee. No, not coffee. I'm reaching through the digital realm to give my brother Dap a big old bear hug mm. because I am drinking. Vintage 2018. This is bold, dark fruit, 
Maple and Spice, it is Apothic Inferno. Which Ooh. Is, yeah. Right? Which is aged in whiskey barrels for 60 days, and it has 15.9% alcohol by volume. So Vince B's going to be super stupid by the time this episode's over. What are you drinking? Who, who, there's two of us. Who are you asking? Well, there is a progression. Right. Is there? Uh, yeah, okay. daps always last. That's true. Uh, I am having some wine tonight. Oh, nice! Love yes, you so much. I know. I know. Break it. What is the occasion? You know, uh, wifey went to the wine place. First of all, uh, she went and stocked up because uh, she's getting that wintry, trying to get Christmified mode, and uh, the reds were getting a little low. So she uh, she made a run. We've got our uh, firstborn, as you guys know, coming home tomorrow for a little four week four day visit. Nice. The other two kids are off of school tomorrow on Friday, so it's like a little mini, little mini long weekend type of deal. Uh, so I figured, you know, I got shit to do in the morning. I'll uh, have a little wine with y'all. But one of the things she brought home uh, is a new wine for for me for us, uh, recommended to her uh, by a friend of ours, and it is uh, an Argentinian wine. You know, we're friends of the Argentinian wine. It's um, from a vineyard, Marcello Pelleriti which is P-E-L-L-E-R-I-T-I. This is their signature Malbec. This is the 2018 vintage. Hmm. And it is fantastic. Wow. Absolutely fantastic. It, it is, uh, yeah, it is really, really good. Um, so I'm really happy that she got three bottles of it. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, it's, it's exactly, like, for me, the perfect kind of wine I like. It's got uh, a little bit of cherry, a little oak finish there, Vince, you know. It's very dry. It's nice. Nice, really, really my style. So, wow, very happy with her choice. Cool. Oh, and she got a new do today too. Wifey got a new do. What? Yeah, like women do that. Women switch their hair up. Do tell. She got a. She. It's funny. She left telling me she was thinking about dyeing it black, which I was like, oh, this is no, 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 no. But no, she no. didn't. She came home. She went the other way. She went. <gasps> she's. She always has her hair highlighted. Like her hair's like normally highlighted, but it's usually very, very. Uh, very uh, modest, like the, the highlights aren't, I don't know if modest is the word, you know, the highlights are just very minimal. Subtle, subdued. Subtle, that's it, subtle, that's the word I couldn't place. Uh, but this time she went a little more extreme. It's like, it's not quite like like blonde blonde, but it's like dirty blonde highlights. It's 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 neat. All right, right now, this- I'm picturing your wife in a Jingle Bell costume. <laughs> she was very upset at the news of uh, Winnie Cooper leaving Hallmark. Very upset. Oh, to do her own thing, yeah. Well, she's going over to Country Music Station. To they're starting, they're like they're trying to right, compete. yeah, right, yeah. So she's going to be, I guess the she's going to be the like the Candace Cameron Beret of, right. of that. Of that. Well, you know what? Don't let the door hit you on the ass on the way out. Listen, I say there's more. There's plenty. If if they're if these clones. other if these other stations want to clone Hallmark and we have more of them, I what? How's there a downside? Uh, because there's only one Hallmark. Listen, let's not pretend Hallmark has the, uh, like, it, their their formula is formula. Like, it, it's not hard to replicate. They are the Citizen Kane of Christmas movies. <laughs> no, they are, but, but like, but there can be other. Sure. I just, I refuse to believe that other companies can't, can't evoke similar wonderfulness. Okay. You got Public Enemy and you got Two Life Crew. Whatever. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Right. Uh, your Uncle Luke and uh, I'm Chuck D. <laughs> No. Uh-uh. No. 
I'm pretty sure that's the other one. Uh, yeah, I want to be chucked in. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> Dap Slaver Flav. Uh, okay. No, nah, man. No, no, no. What time is it, Dap? I'll be, listen, Jason can be Terminator X. I'll be Griff. Okay. Love it. What do you, what do you, uh, what do you, uh, drink? Um, well, I'm, I'm, I'm fucking up because I am not, I'm not drinking wine. I've, I've, um, I don't, like I said, my wife and I have been, um, passing this, this, this cold back and forth. She's got the worst of it. She's still super congested. She, she, she's coughing less, but, um, it's, she, she, she's still not a hundred percent. Right. So, I feel like I need to fight something, so I grabbed the uh, Whistle Pig Bottled in Barn Farm Stock Rye Whiskey, 86 proof. Um, that uh, It's a blend of ryes that, that, that a friend of ours gave me. So the rye, uh, it's 20% one-year-old rye from Vermont, uh, 49% straight rye aged five years from Canada and 31% straight rye aged 12 years from Indiana. And it is, it's a pretty nice blend. I'm not generally one. I've said it before. I'm not generally one to always go for, um, for the rise, but, um, this may be my favorite rye whiskey. Well, no promises, but uh, we are now a month away from our trip to Seattle, which is very exciting. And given the paucity of uh, Artist Alley people that I see on this list, I think it stands to reason we're going to be doing a lot of hanging, chilling at eateries, bars, and the like. Works together. for me. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if we find a good place that's like, you know, got a good vibe, I will go on a small journey to to try and taste some of these here liquors that you like and see if I can find any I find appealing. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll have to find some places that might have some flights. That's All what right. I'm saying. If we could find a place that's kind of like, yeah. you know, hip and got like a flight situation going on, I may uh, partake in, you know, on vacation and see what's doing. All right. Excellent. In, mm-hmm. in about six months, I know the tipping point. I know when I went off the rails. It was. Now there's no chance of doing it. Like you ruined. No, it. I didn't ruin it. You're going to do no, it. No, I'm not going to do it now. Oh, okay. No fun. But I have a story for you, though. Oh, nice. Yeah. Tell it, Uncle Jason. So, I'm sure our listeners know this for the most part, but maybe for those that don't or new or coming in and out, you, meaning Vince, yeah. are a, uh, an adjunct professor at Marywood University. True. Teaching a number of uh, of different classes. In fact, that's why we are recording tonight instead of uh, our old Thursday night slot. Um, and you know, I don't. I'm sure you've talked about this on the show occasionally, but certainly, I know uh, off air or at least in other times we've chatted, you have lamented, say the um, the lack of passion some of your class your students have at, at times. Very true. Yeah. So I was. Uh, on Saturday, I had a wonderful night. Uh, what not a uh, wonderful day? I had nothing on my plate. So, as you guys know, because I posted on the Slack, I made a fire in the fireplace, sat next to the fireplace with an absolute stack of book and uh, read comics basically the whole day. It was glorious. And uh, during one part of the day, a uh, friend of the show, Jason Schachter, uh, who owner of Essential Sequential, um, as he often does on Saturdays, has a little live 
gimmick where he'll um, he'll do like a group like a Zoom group chat with a bunch of his artists, and they'll just be at the drawing table, uh, drawing whatever they're drawing. Some of them working on pages that they're on deadline for. Others are working on commissions. Others are just drawing for the sake of it. But uh, they just get together and chat. I think it started like with many of these things with the, during the pandemic when no one could go anywhere. But uh, they've kept it up, you know, and they do it every Saturday. And sometimes it's just two or three of them. Sometimes it's eight or nine of them. It just depends who shows up. But uh, I like to listen in sometimes, see what's doing. It's uh, it's almost like listening to the radio, right? Like art radio. So I had it on on Saturday, and uh, they had a number of people on. And and uh, Klaus Jansen is is someone who's on most of the time. He's he he participates in many of them. So Klaus is a professor at SVA in New York at the School of Visual Arts, and he started lamenting the students and his classes and basically uh that got tim sale who was on the call and um sean crystal another friend of the show was on the show a couple months back who now and also for backstory uh, you guys know this but our audience might not sean crystal before he went full-time as a comic artist was the head of uh scad's uh atlanta campus he was a professor of art for years at scad so they all have backgrounds in, in teaching like you and uh, Klaus starts talking about how he felt like he had a breakthrough this year because he's been very frustrated in recent years teaching, but that he he made a breakthrough. And the breakthrough was that he put his ego aside and he started realizing that the only way he's able to get through to these kids is to give them art that excites them. Like that he just tried for years, like banging his head against a wall to try and get them excited by art that they were unfamiliar with or that he loved and it like wasn't working. And he finally like said, I, I was at the point where either I had to quit or I had to like figure out a different way to, to reach these kids. But this prompted a whole passionate, lengthy conversation because they've all had backgrounds in teaching. And the long and the short of it is Klaus freaking Jansen, who, you know, we poke fun sometimes about him being heavy handed, but you no, know, certainly in terms of inkers that have made successful careers in comics very few are on par with him at least that are still living this dude was saying that he it was this so this call happened on saturday so we were toward the end of october in his main class he said he had yet to have one student ask a question unprompted for the whole semester yes and he said that was typical yep that's very and i true. heard yeah i heard him talking about this and I'm like this is like vince and then he was saying that he would bet $1,000 that not a single one of his students even knew who he was as an artist. Like, they were so lacking in intellectual curiosity that none of them even bothered to Google their professor's name to see, like, what his bona fides are. Even if even if it was just an attempt to see if the dude had bona fides. Right. He said they have no – he said his – he said these students that he teaches now as we have no – curiosity of any kind and it's absolutely maddening and then that prompted sean to say that was one of the reasons he got frustrated with teaching and, and left and tim sale who's done some adjunct work said i've had the same experiences and that's why i decided being a professor wasn't for me and i only bring this up because like while i didn't think you were alone in your frustration i almost felt like oh vince might want to hear this because it's almost like reassuring right like a like klaus jansen can't get these kids to even be interested in like his work 
So it's like you're not alone, you know. Like I think it's maybe just right. a generational thing, and 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 that prompted like Tim and uh, Jason, who's not a, never been a professor, to say like, well, what are they interested in? And Klaus said, it's all you know, it's all Instagram, it's pinup stuff, it's just stuff that like is visually interesting to them digitally, but it's just that's what excites them. But but the the context of like sequential storytelling or the history of the medium, just they have zero interest in it. They're not nostalgic at all. And I, I just I wanted to share it because I thought it was fascinating to hear him basically sound like you. You know, I'm like, oh Christ! I mean, you know, it's it's. It, it's ubiquitous, it seems, among art professors. Unfortunately, yeah, there, there definitely is a lack of fire. There's, there's a, a, uh, a dearth of drive. Let's just say where if they have to make an effort, if they have to come to the art, they won't do it. If the art comes to them, that's a different story. From what I've learned, and uh, the thing that uh, broke the dam this this year. Uh, was, and it's probably not going to be surprising, but manga broke the dam wide open this oh, year. Shit. He said yeah. the same thing. He said manga they're into. Yeah. I, one of our projects is um, creating an environment. It's actually, it's a world building project where um, I make them create the flora, the fauna, the uh, the weather conditions, the lo- the whole location. Um, it's character designing, it's uh, landscape illustration, it's world building, it's a whole bunch of, they get to flex every muscle, in other words. And I'm showing them uh, in the in the the preliminary stages of the project. I'm showing them art by Mobius, nothing, Kirby, nothing, and so on. And I I, I threw in Ichiro Oda, nice, because he's awesome at it, right? He he mm-hmm. he he's a, a consummate world builder. And when they saw One Piece, boom! It was like a mm-hmm. switch was flipped. Yo, they all went nuts. Uh, My Hero Academia, they love it. They love that goofy witch thing that that Tony was talking about. Oh, Witch Head Atelier. Yeah, yeah. They're they're all about the manga, and it, I it, that was that was a sea change, not only in in their enthusiasm, but in the class overall. And I started to introduce a little bit more of me in the class instead of going in and you know playing it by the numbers and and this is what we're going to do and this is where it comes from and this is why you Mm -hmm. should think it's important i talk about netflix and i talk about twitter and uh do i want to talk about that kind of stuff no but i i'm trying to to bring the elevator down to their level and then maybe they're going to take a ride with me and i i completely understand what jansen's talking about I get it, and I've seen it. You know, last year I was ready to quit. Yeah, yeah. because it was just they 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 did not become enthused about anything. Like when you show a bunch of, uh, let's say, twenty to twenty-two year olds, uh, Yellow Submarine, and they don't get excited. There's really something wrong. Yeah, right. it's not the best movie in the world, but from a design standpoint, it's amazing, right? Nothing flatline, uh, and I should have recognized it last semester because I did show them some One Piece, and they were plugged in when I showed them One Piece. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I I get it, I get it. Now this may be hard because we all judge our own generation differently than we judge subsequent generations. But when you were studying art and design coming up 
in, in college and whatnot. Did, like, do you think y- your cohort was generally more open to what came before? Yes. Um, not all of them. But but uh, a good number of us were pretty voracious. We wanted to know everything, mm-hmm. whether it be printmaking, painting, uh, uh, illustration, animation. Like we just wanted to know everything about everything, and we welcomed the challenge. Mm-hmm. These kids, it's like uh, I give them a project, and I, and I, I I'll be open with them. I'm, I'm you have to you're going to sweat. You have to pierce the membrane on this. It's not going to come easy. And a lot of the majority of them lowball it. There's two that really put their heart and soul in it. And honestly, they're the only ones with a chance in hell to become illustrators. The other ones are just burning mom and dad's money. I mean, I, 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 I'm, I feel blessed for the two, but it seems like the other ones are, are giving it just enough of their time. So that's fine. I mean, at least they're doing something. But there's two kids in the class that are exceptional, amazing. Uh, I won't say who because I've heard that they know that I have a podcast now. and they, <laughs> So I won't say it, but um, they know who they are. Nice. I told one last class, I said, and I said it in front of everybody. I said, you know what? You are freaking amazing. Hmm. Yeah. There's there's no reason not to uh, praise um, a, a student. Why? If they if they do exceptional work, call them out and say, "My God, you're amazing!" Because maybe the other ones will rise to the challenge, or maybe and she has she has confidence issues and and she has anxiety, and I get it. Um, I have a daughter with the same things, so I just want to try and stoke that fire because hey. This hairy dude thinks I'm really good. Maybe I am really good. Or e- even if she questions it for a second, that's good enough for me. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Good yeah. job, Prof. I try. So let's talk about some comics before we get into the second hour. Okay. I don't even think we're in the first hour. Not, oh, by, I... not by much, anyway. We're 20, 20 minutes in. That's nothing. That's oh, still, okay. that's still yeah, the that's intro. Yeah. Nice. All right. Sometimes I, I'm, it's hard to know where the break is between what came before and what's happening. Yeah. yeah. I'm all over the map this episode. I have stuff that's just seemingly unrelated. Yeah, I see the list, and I don't think I've read any of the things that you have on your list ever. I don't know any of them. so. Well, not surprised, but that's okay. Wow. No, we love what we love. Me too. Oh, see, you take everything personally. <laughs> I had to go there. Yeah. Well, who wants to step up to the microphone first? Uh, I mean, uh, so so as not to have dead air, I, I will say something, and, and it seems, I'll bring it up because it seems like Dap may disagree with me, at least to an extent. Um, we are collectively big, big supporters and proponents of Magnetic, Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I know where this is going. We we sing their praises very frequently, and in fact, uh, they were my publisher of the year last year. Um, so we we rock with Magnetic to, so much. So I have been so smitten by what they've done that anything Magnetic puts out, um, unless it's clearly like a children's book, which they do do sometimes, I pre-order. Like I have that much confidence in them. But I think 
then I'm going to have to become a little more <laughs> um, reserved in that uh, they have they haven't lost my faith, but they have lost the highest level of the circle of trust, which would be pre-order everything because it they have they're amazing curators. And the reason I say that is that during my great Saturday of reading Extravaganza, uh, I read three. <laughs> Three magnetic hardcovers, and thought they were all disappointing. Like, like not even like oh they weren't great, but they were chores to get through, and easily the least favorite things I read during that marathon session. I read one of them. Okay, so let me. I'll just name the three. Um, they were ashes, ashes, not ashes to ashes for those right. orders. Ashes, 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 comma ashes. Yes. Yeah. After the fall and small world, yeah, uh, and I I thought all three were not good to the point where I doubt I will remember them much uh, six months from now. Well, if you remember when I talked about after the fall, I said the story's a bit tepid, a bit rote, but you have to admit that art is pretty amazing. Um. Yes and no. Um, this gets back to your love for Clayton Crane that I didn't share. Um, I I thought the figures in this were like video game figures, very smooth face, like skin tones, like very CG breasts and body proportions. Um, I just didn't think there was any. There was no life to the to the to the figures. They looked like they looked like computer renderings to me. Okay. Uh, and and that took me out of it because it is so much of a. St- I mean that the female protagonist is so front and center in, in nearly every page, and I thought she looked like uh, she frankly looked like a character that you'd see in a pop up ad on a mobile game for like a you know a pern game that they're trying to get you to download. I I don't know. I just so that was the thing for me. The art. The art in all three really took me out of it. I I, I thought of it, they didn't they didn't have passion and life in in the renderings to me. It is polished. Um, I I That's don't what I was looking at. Yep. Yeah, I don't. I'm not going to high five you over the the CG uh, video game mm-hmm. angle, but. Uh, yeah, your eyes tell you what your eyes tell you. So if that's what you're seeing, then uh, perhaps it's there, right? I, I, I thought, it, yeah, it's a little. It was a little po- more polished than I like, but I still think the the framing and the compositions and the the sequentials were really good. Yeah, I mean, again, I'm not going to argue. I, I couldn't. I, I it could also be that I read after the fall sandwiched in between those others and um yeah the other thing too is is i i guess it's understandable i am generally a fan of anything post-apocalyptic or dystopian like i will give that a chance and magnetic certainly doesn't shy from that they they seem that almost seems to be like a subcategory of theirs Mm -hmm. but i think in in that maybe i've read so much post-apocalyptic dystopian stuff particularly in the last year or two that it's starting to feel stale like it, it it's hard to stand out and seem different to me now true 
Nice. And that's as much a me thing as a them. I'm just saying, but like sure, I, yeah. I read so much of it. I'm like, ah, oh, man, it's like it's like we all have these issues sometimes with superhero comics. You read so many, you need to take a little break to kind of let the, let the, the the meter start reaccruing of excitement. I kind of feel like maybe I need to just take a break from that kind of that genre for a bit so that I'm not like seeing all the 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 telltale signs and viewing it as formulaic. Any one of those things might tickle someone's fancy, but because you did read three back to back plus on top of all the other dystopian tales you read. Yeah, it, it, it can be, you, you need a palate cleanser. You need a break from that for a second. Yeah. Not to say that if you read it, if, if you read one of them five months from now, you wouldn't feel the same way about the story, but it was a lot to take at, at in one sitting. Yeah. And, and the reason I said that, that you might disagree, as I mentioned on our Slack channel that I had read two magnetic books in a row that disappointed me and i was shocked by that and then uh you had said well if small world had been one of them i no. wouldn't have been surprised yes yes and, yes and i said uh, oh i haven't read that yet but it was on my stack and then i read that subsequently and said oh now it's three in a row so i agree with you because it sounds like you too didn't care for small world i, I but, didn't go ahead but it indicated to me that one of the other two after the full ashes ashes you seem to have liked yeah i i read the first chapter of after the fall because Vince brought it up and, um, and, and I was going to wait and, and see how, um, till the chapters were all done and, and then maybe revisit it. But there was, but the more I distanced myself from it, the more I was like, I've, I've already got plenty of, so I'm, my world wasn't blown away by after the fall as, as pretty as it looked ashes, ashes. I dug the art, um, because it does have that 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 European feel that I that I grew to, and and I I like the line work in Ashes Ashes a lot. I think it started to um, it definitely it it kind of felt like it didn't know what to be. I mean, we, we start with this old uh, old centuries ago story, and then and then we're in the not too distant far future. And and things are kind of neat because I I I I, I, I dig that um, that outlook. And we've got the love story. We've got the um, the 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 collapse of civilization, and then we have things moving at a pretty decent clip to kind of um, get out of France and uh, try to just kind of. Uh, make things right again uh at, at least for these our heroes but um it 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 felt like it kind of lost its way as as i continued reading it and um it was it was disappointing because i felt of the two art was stronger than the story i was i was gave it the benefit of the doubt reading the first few chapters and i was like this is you know i, I i'm interested to see where it's going and then it just started going somewhere and I was just like I don't I, I gotta I gotta tap out I don't know what what we're what we're planning here and I, I I did only read the first five chapters so I'm not sure um I'm not sure how it ended uh, I I when they when they get to the one area where they find um the the research station where they're doing experiments on 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 people that's that's when I was like I this is now become something that I I it, I, I wasn't 
I didn't get any impression that this is where we were going when the story started. So um, I'm going to let it do its thing. It may not be for me. Uh, good luck, everybody. And and, and I tapped out. But um, Small World, and, and the Small World's another one where I absolutely gave it a shot. And I remember, because uh, that that was, um, I'm not sure if that was something that was kickstarted. But, but I remember seeing it in previews. And I really missed any indication that this is a Peter Pan story. And not that I have anything against that particular story, but this was another one where it's maybe I just wasn't in the mood, but it it's it, it set itself up to, to appear to be one thing and it's it becomes something else because of 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 the Public enemy number one, for lack of a better term, and everybody's after, but is he part of a game? And it's just, I'm like, I don't, I, I, and the art really wasn't working for me in, in, in Small World. Unfortunately, I, I, it was a, it was a, it's a nifty style, but it wasn't, it wasn't what I was into at all. So I, I, I do agree with you that, um, they are by far and, and without finishing after the fall of, of the, of everything I've read from Magnetic to date, uh, they are, and maybe it's just because they're most recent, and I, I, I can't think that far back right now. They're, they're probably the weakest of the Magnetic lot that that, that I've read. Yeah, and uh, we I should mention that um, of the three, I mean, Ashes, Ashes, I was most excited about because it is a graphic novel adaptation of a French science fiction novel by yes. René Barval called uh, Ravage. And uh, at full disclosure, I have not read that. Um, but it is, but if, I know we're all science fiction fans, if you say Google, you know, 100 greatest science fiction novels of all time, there's a good chance if you find a good list, Ravage is on there. It is a, it is a book, I think it was published in 1943. Uh, but it's, it's right up there uh, among those who, who are, you know, students of that genre in particular, it's right up there with 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 Asimov and the others in terms of uh, sort of the uh, foundation setters for uh, modern science fiction storytelling. So so I was like, oh, I I've never read Ravage, but but I've I'm, I know of it. I know it's it's spoken of uh, with the same kind of um, uh, hallowed uh, adoration from science fiction uh, fans as uh, you know as as many of the things that we hold dear. So. This is going to be great, and that kind of made it like extra disappointing because I'm like, oh, I, I I gotta think the novel's better than this because the novel is like an all timer at least by reputation. So, uh, yeah, so make of that what you will, but can't win them all, I guess. But now I got and I got a little more circumspect on the magnetic solicits. That's okay. It's real world. Yeah, it right? is. It is. Yeah. Well, well, I pick us up. I don't want to. I should yeah. start this off on a low note. I don't mean. I didn't mean to, but I guess I have to bring you up. But uh, I, I got some excite. Good. Here. Yes, Good. and it's um, excitement not only for the content, but also for the process of this one classic comic strip. If comic strip isn't any indication, I read two issues of Comics Review. And Manuscript Press has this weird numbering thing where each issue is actually two issues. They're 128 pages apiece. So I read issues 421, 
422. That was the June issue. And I read 423-424, which is the August issue. I don't know why they double number them. It's just strange. Uh, maybe it's designed to make you feel like you're getting more for your money. I mean, each issue is 20 bucks. Yes, it's, it's it's that old school because they're bi-monthly. They 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 would, you know, it's like the the winter fall issue where it's like, hey, you're getting you know, a, a, you're right. getting two issues instead of one. But yeah, yeah. I, I know what you mean. Uh, and I I love this magazine. I, I I've always read it, uh, but I didn't buy it religiously. And then when we stopped, we made a pit stop at um, that uh, Fayetteville flea market yeah yeah that was a great day and i got like down the heroes yeah i got like 40 issues for a buck a piece that kind of made me it reminded me how much i love the magazine and why haven't i stuck with it over the years so um i since then i've filled my holes i don't have the complete run but i'm pretty damn close and uh so comics review the gang's all here you got uh, Harriman's Crazy Cat, uh, Bernie Hogarth's Draco, Alley Oop by VT Hamlin, uh, some guy named Gil Kane, and Archie Goodwin do Tarzan. I don't know. It's a throwaway strip. But um, The Phantom by Lee Falk and Cy Berry, Milton Kniff's Steve Canyon. You got Ricochet, Flash Gordon, Mandrake, Casey Ruggles, a whole mess of classic fun. But I'm not going to focus on any of those. Why? Because in two 128-page issues, the standout strip for me was, and it's presented complete in the August issue, which Manuscript Press tends to do. They'll serialize most strips, but in, in many issues, they'll present an entire story complete. I like that. Right, and in addition to the in the complete story, they'll also uh, supplement it with uh, a continued strip of the same character. And in this case, it's Roy Crane's Buzz Sawyer. And the name of the strip is Locusts, a story which originally ran from May sixteenth, nineteen fifty-two, to September twentieth, nineteen fifty-two. Uh, Roy Crane is one of those guys that he's an artist's artist. He's definitely influenced Jaime Hernandez. Paul Pope knows the power of Roy Crane. And he's got a really cool career uh, progression because he followed roughly the same career path as Milton Kniff. Both of them left very popular and successful strips. Crane with Captain Easy and Kniff with Terry and the Pirates in order to make plays for full creative control and ownership of their work. Now, at the time, Crane was working with the Newspaper Enterprise Association Syndicate, and he had an idea, you know, for a new strip, and he brought said idea, which was Buzz Sawyer, to King Features. And in the, in the dealing, in the package, he was given full ownership as part of the deal. Milton Kniff made similar moves, he, he left Terry and the Pirates with the Chicago Tribune syndicate, and he brought Steve Canyon to Field Enterprises, which was distributed by, you guessed it, King Features. Um, like Crane, 
Kenev also secured ownership of his creation. And these guys were ballers. They were players. Because at this point, ownership of your work for a syndicated comic strip artist was unheard of. Unless you were Charles Schultz, right? They didn't just hand it out like candy. The, the syndicates had a lockdown on their properties. And they profited from them. And these two men thought, well, wait a minute. We're really popular. Our strips, anyway. And the strips are us. So, yes, vis-a-vis, we are popular. Why can't we retain the lion's share of, of all this effort and, and, and uh, creative energy we're putting into these things? Like, why don't we own it? Well, they took steps to do just that, and they did. So, back to Buzz. Um, the, the Locust Strip is a visual treat for me. Because Crane was a master of a tool that I love to see. And David will dap me up on this because we've mentioned craft tint duo shade paper a good amount of times over the years. Yeah. It's the very same paper that was employed by Eastman and Laird in the early days of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And I've explained it before, but it's been a while, so I'll do so again. Craft tint paper is um, illustration-grade paper that is embedded with lines and or dots that are only revealed by the application of a developing solution. And there, there was a lot of different kinds of craft tint paper, but the, the most widely used had either opposing angled parallel lines that were different distances apart so um developer one revealed an angled say 45 degree angle parallel lines and developer two revealed opposing angled parallel lines of either less or greater distance apart so if you used both developers you've got yourself some instant cross hatching right craft and paper also contained dots of various sizes and uh, uh, densities, let's just say. There were some dots that were surrounded by um, not a whole lot of black, and there were some dots that were surrounded by a lot of black. And depending on what which dot pattern you used, you got a different, to the eye anyway, shade of gray. Now, there's no gray involved in this at all. The, the, the lines and the dots were solid, right? They could fool the eye, and the stat camera into thinking that the art was continuous tone when in fact it was anything but it was solid marks which was great for a newspaper reproduction right crane is a craft or was uh, a craft tint wizard the just amazing techniques rendering um if you're familiar with the strip uh, buzz does a lot of globe trotting so you got exotic locales um, he's also a World War II combat veteran. He's a pilot. So you have the effects of battle, like explosions and planes plummeting out of the sky, and the clouds are, are, are shaded with the beautiful uh, craft tint process. Uh, there's extreme weather conditions, roiling seas. If you, if you have some time on your hands and you're not familiar with the work of Roy Crane, I, I strongly suggest. I, normally, I would suggest Googling 
Roy Crane, Buzz Sawyer, Buzz with one C. Uh, but unfortunately, there's not a whole lot of great examples online of Roy Crane's art. What you got to do is Buzz Sawyer has been published by a number of different publishers over the years. Most recently, Manuscript Press. Fanographics has published four beautiful hardcover collections of Buzz Sawyer. Look it up, research it, and fall in love with Roy Crane because the guy is absolutely God-level illustrator. He's just amazing. His men are heroic and um, classically proportioned in the, in the David um, style. His women, Buzz's wife, Christy, uh, you see where Jaime Hernandez got Maggie, Maggie from when you look at Roy, uh, uh, Buzz's wife, Christy. She's gorgeous. Uh, so back to the story. Um, Buzz, his real name is John Singer Sawyer, Navy pilot in the Pacific during World War II. After the war, what's a, a soldier got to do, right? He hooked up with Frontier Oil, and he became a troubleshooter. This oil company would send him all over the world in extreme and often dangerous adventures, and that's where locusts come in. Buzz is sent to Iran, which is currently in the midst of a biblical locust plague. Now, I learned a lot from this strip. Locust plagues severely destabilize countries. That's obvious, right? The little beasts can generate a famine, which leads to starvation and fighting and creates desperation, which opens up the country to the influence of other not-so-benevolent countries. Now, at the time of this strip, we're talking the 50s, we're entering what could be called the Cold War. Russia was the big bad. Communism, the great evil, right? And Crane, uh, not Crane, yeah, Crane, like Kniff, was a flag-waving patriot. And uh, America first, and all that. Um, so there is a not-so-subtle undercurrent of um, the, uh, I don't want to call it hatred, but just um, glaring examples of why Russia isn't the, uh, the place to be, <laughs> let's just say. Uh, so the not-so-benevolent countries that's having a, a very strong influence over Iran in this case is, is, is Russia, the Reds, right? Buzz is given three crop dusters and tons of insecticide in hopes of, of squelching this locust plague because it only benefits the oil company if, you know, good things are happening in Iran. So uh, he's given these planes, but they're in pieces, because you can't fly a crop duster from the States to Iran. So they take this giant supercarrier plane loaded with the, the, the crop dusters in pieces and the, uh, the insecticide. And they head on over to Iran. But the planes have to be assembled once they're there. That's very important to the story. And Crane goes through the various stages of development of the locust. And this is where I learned something. And it creates this nail-biting situation because locusts are not born with wings. I didn't know this. They sprout wings as they mature. The young locusts crawl on the ground and they devour all the crops 
they can reach. But tree-borne crops are relatively unscathed. So there's a very narrow window of opportunity to spray the swarms before they take to the air. It's much easier to halt a ground-based swarm than it is an airborne one. Just common sense, right? Plus, locusts are dormant at night. Again, I didn't know this. They're much easier to kill. But once the sun rises, eliminating them becomes a much more difficult affair. So these are the problems that Buzz has to surmount. Plus, there are Iranians lo loyal to the communist cause. And they're trying to rouse the people against the filthy Americans. Because if you're a, um, a native of, of, a, of, a, of a location and somebody's spraying insecticides over your crops, what would be your first concern? Right? Okay, yeah, your stuff is maybe going to get rid of these insects that are ravaging our crops. But what about our livestock? And, and even more so, what about our children? Like, what's this stuff going to do to these things? And you have one communist sympathizer named Abdullah who wants to turn the tables on the Americans. So he stabs two animals through their hearts with splinters of bamboo. And he blames the death of these animals on the American insecticides, which creates chaos and distrust of the Americans. Sabotage is a big part of this story. They do an autopsy on the animals and they find that uh, the, the, the culprit was a bamboo stick. And so, I mean, everything turns out good, but there's some real conflict in this thing because Buzz's buddy, Bill, He's camping out in the desert. He's guarding these crop dusters. And in the middle of the night, he's got his little campfire going. And he's, you know, doing what he's doing. He's got a baseball hat on. And out of nowhere comes this beautiful blonde on a camel. Now, I don't know how you wouldn't be suspicious from the get-go when in the middle of the night, this beautiful blonde riding a camel comes and it's like, hey. So they're getting, they're talking and she claims she's from Chicago. And, you know, they're getting on pretty well. And, and he's enthralled with this woman. So the next day, they they get to the planes and they, they start to crop dust. And the planes crash. In succession. All three all three planes. And we're like, wait a minute. What's going on? They, they get to the bottom of it. And, and the planes were sabotaged. And Buzz is like, how could this happen? <laughs> well, duh. Right? You know, it, it was the woman from out of nowhere, the middle of the desert. And long story short, the, the, the reds spray the crops and all the locals are like, yay, you know, you know, Russia's great. They, they saved our asses. But it doesn't work out that way because they're revealed to be saboteurs and uh, everything comes out good in the end. And Buzz managed to capture the hearts of the locals and save the day thwarting the reds but man what a story it's not very long it's i don't even know i'm not going to count the strips but it's it's about 10 12 pages and i was just completely captivated from the get-go now I, I admittedly i'm not a history buff and and i i, I heretofore did not have all that much interest in locusts <laughs> right but when you got a, a storyteller as um a consummate storyteller like Roy Crane at the helm, 
all that stuff doesn't really matter because he, he presents all of the information you need to know and manipulates you in a way that it, I was reclining as I was reading it. But it was, if I had a seat with an edge, I would have been on it. <laughs> I, I just thought it was fun. It was so great. And, and you know, when, when you, you, you see the, the big bad, the nasty, front and center, doing something that's really despicable, like killing these two innocent animals just to, to get, turn the tide against the Americans. Like, that's a person I can't stand. And you want him to go down and pay for his crimes. And, and it happens, right? It's just it, 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 adventure. It's pulpy. It was amazing. And yet only one part of this entire comics review issue so again, I always say it, I say it in my previews videos whenever it's solicited. If you've never read or purchased an issue of Comics Review, I strongly, super, super strongly suggest you do so because it's all the good, good that was created way before you were born. And you need to school yourself. You need to know where all this stuff today is coming from. And it's all here. It's all all in black and white, and there's a color section in the, tipped in the middle. So there you go. Comics Review, man. It, it's worth its weight in gold. Now, I don't disagree with any of that, but putting your professor hat back on, mm -hmm. because people like to, and everybody does it, people like to um, do shorthand when it comes to describing something or... Referring to something like every copy machine is a Xerox. Doesn't matter. Every every piece of no matter the tissue brand, everything's a Kleenex. So right. I want to know. I, I want I want the listeners to know if because I know Jason's gotten commissions. I think I've gotten some commissions where the artist used Zipatone. So mm -hmm. can you let everybody know the difference between what 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 you mean by craft tint duo shade or or double tone and Zipatone? Well, Zipatone is adhesive dot patterns and line patterns. You have to actually cut it off the sheet, peel it, stick it onto your illustration board, and then scrape away the undesired, like, like Daniel Warren Johnson. He's a great scraper. He does shit with Zipatone that I've never seen anybody come close to. That's true. Right? Duo Shade, Craftin paper the lines and dots are in the paper and they only are revealed with the aid of a developer so you brush it on and voila there's your dot pattern and if you brush the opposing i don't want to call it an opposing if you if you brush on the second developer which is a different composition as the first developer it reveals another pattern and they combine or you could use one and one or both in concert so zipatone you is actually a sheet of and i think it's it's uh acetate some kind of uh plastic whatever yeah. with with the the dot pattern or line pattern printed on the acetate so you could you could cut it and paste it and add more to it like if you're doing angled lines you could actually take a piece of that and stick it to your board. And if you want to crosshatch, you cut another piece and angle it opposing the lines that were, are already there. And you'll get a crosshatch pattern or a, like a screen pattern. So, yeah, 
there's there's a big difference between the two. Same endpoint, right? Same endpoint, right, yeah. but different process to get there. One, well, one, it, it, you'll, oh, you'll see you'll see somebody do like so Zipatone. You will see, and we've seen Daniel Warren Johnson do it. You will see someone at a convention whipping out the sheet yeah. to work with Zipatone. Yeah. You're not going to be able. You're not going to get anybody whipping out the duo shade to do a commission. Oh, that would be amazing! I would do cartwheels <laughs> if I, I ever... need it. I need it. We need it, Sex Felix, because he's the one that got the, the Zipatone gang going. So we need to see about this. Yeah, and, and I would. I would guess that craft tint paper would be. I don't even. I'm. I'm pretty sure it's still sold today. And it was expensive at the time. I can only imagine what it might be like. But now. it's got to be cheaper than Zipatone, right? And it's less effort than Zipatone because right. you, there's no cutting. Is it more permanent. It sounds like it's more permanent too. Though, oh, it's right? right in the paper. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was gonna say. Because as much as I love the Zipatone commissions that you guys are alluding to, and I have several, uh, I have no allusions to the fact that ten, twenty years from now, that the Zipatone is going to be flaking off or gone and yeah it's gonna not yeah. look as nice i but, would but, i would scan it the uh um, i've scanned everything but yeah. yeah uh i i i was reading about the different uh the different patterns obviously and uh so the most popular pattern was double tone number 214 which was diagonal look lines at you and crosses <laughs> though howard shaken used number 269 the mezzotint dots on american flag yeah definitely. oh so he doesn't use zipatone well, on, on American I wouldn't flag, say he, he used the. Yeah. He used the uh, no, that's what I mean. But American flag, because yeah. when you yeah. think of, Ch I mean, when I think of Chaikin, I think of Zipatone because it's such a yeah. common thing for him. But you're saying that in some of the work, it wasn't Zipatone. This is great. Right. Can I just tell you, Vince, that I am turgid here. I love when you talk process like this. Yay! Because no, because this is the kind of thing that, like, as comic nerds, as people who have read all this, we love that. Like, we don't often get in the weeds of the mechanics of making the books. Other than like, oh, inking, or we might talk about panel layouts, but like, I love the idea of the tools. You know, like, we don't often talk about the tools, and I love that. Well, I, I will say that uh, process slash history is one of the 10 items on my list that we will discuss later. I smell a segue. Oh, we can list talk you about say. it if you want, but <laughs> yeah, why don't you why, why, why don't you break it down because you threw it out to us. You 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 threw it out to us based on what the slackers are doing this afternoon, Jason. So I had to. I didn't think I was going to come up with ten things, but I actually came up. Oh, with okay. Well, ten, so so okay. So well then, because it's kind of a domino thing here. Um, Vince, who you know, he's one of my brothers. I love him to death, but you know, Vince is prone to. Um, you know, Psychic? declarations. He makes declarations. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Some of them stick. Some of them don't. And that's fine. But, like... Well, they'll when... stick again in a year and a half when he comes yeah, back Yeah, but it. when he makes them, he means it. All right, fuck it. I'm out. <laughs> and so I don't want to put I don't want to put words in Vince's mouth, but he told us off air uh, this past week that um, he had an epiphany of sorts. And uh, essentially, you're going to... Well, I don't, why, am I, why am I trying to explain what you said? Why don't you say what you said about okay. your perspective on collecting? I'll set it up. Okay. I'm not talking single issues or short and or long boxes. That's not a factor in this. I walked into my reading room and I just took a look at the wall-to-wall -wall bookcases on all four walls. And I thought... How many of the slots 
on these bookcases, which are quickly filling up, by the way, how many slots are, taking, are taken up with books that deserve to be here? Meaning, I decided to be more of a curator instead of a collector. In the past, if, and, and Dapp and Jason will, will uh, profess to this, we were given a, a, a stack of those, I don't even know the name of them, the zombie freaking books. We talked about them last time. Remember when we were walking by that table? Was it, was it double take or what something was it? like that? Because we, we we discussed it at lunch at uh, Helm's Tooth in New York. Yeah, the, whatever it was. Here, here's a stack of trades. Read them, whatever. Yeah. I was like, oh yeah, I'll take them. Now the old me would have gladly taken them. The current status no, you did take them. I did. the 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 current status quo is I'm mentally scanning my bookcases and I'm seeing Wally Wood and Jack Kirby. And John Severin, and John Basima, and uh, Bernie Wrightson, and Riley Rosmo, and I'm going to you know you can go down the list of all the Richard Corbin, um, all the guys that I think are amazing and legendary. Mike Plug, these dudes that have not only made my childhood what it was, but who have influenced my perception of what is great illustration. Right, Mobius for an, another example, and and Gary Panter and and Josh Bayer, like all the guys that I love, and I'm thinking, all right, so I have a limited amount of space, and I'm looking at this slot taken up by Red Hulk. Like, why is that slot not taken up by just to throw something out there, Sherry Flanagan's Trots and Bonnie? which is a far superior work of art than Red Hulk, in my mind, right? Subjective, yes. And I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm further scanning the shelves, and, and I see, you know, uh, Son of Batman, which was good, but it's not Wally Wood, right? It's not Jack Kirby. And, and I see a nice chunk of Guardians of the Galaxy, which was very enjoyable on many levels. But I could fill that slot with pre-code horror comics, right? So, I mean, when you have a limited amount of real estate, I think you need to be far more discerning on what gains access to said real estate. And you got to jettison some of the fluff, right? And I made a hard, I made a hard decision because I, I've, I've been rereading uh, Eddie Campbell's Bacchus, which is, uh, in my opinion, again, it's all opinion, a high watermark for comics making, right? And I, I'm reading it, and I'm looking at the shelf, and next to volume one, there's no room on the shelf at all. So I'm on volume two. There's no room on the shelf, but further down the shelf, there's um, Mignola's Baltimore, like four or five hardcovers, which are almost the same width as Eddie Campbell's Bacchus volume, volume two. The Baltimore's gone because I took them off the shelf because I need room for Eddie Campbell's Bacchus volume two, which again, to me, severely overshadows Baltimore. Now, I'm not saying Baltimore is a bad work, piece of work. It's It was fun and it was enjoyable and I and, and I had a good time reading it, but... Does it need to live 
on my shelves like i i'll never read it again um the chances of me going back to baltimore are very very small so i took them off and now i have room like that's the, the mind of a curator does it pass muster what about this work allows it to stand head and shoulders with the stuff that i have granted access to these shelves well that's you know that's my decision. That's your decisions to make. I can't tell you what. I mean, you may think that, um, you know, the the New 52 run of The Flash is great comic storytelling, and you want that on yourselves. That's up to you. And that more power to you if you think that's, you know, worthy of, of taking up your valuable real estate. It's cool. So that, that instigated a, a Slack discussion where I said, yeah, I'm going to be more of a curator, far more of a curator than I'm going to be a collector from here on out, because I want to create a library of works that, in my mind, are representative of everything I love, not just stuff that I like and that I found enjoyable, but stuff that I truly love, because why bother? I mean, if everybody gets in, it's not an exclusive club, is it? Right? So that just, and then um, another thread was created by John O. And he, and he said, and I'll read it verbatim, if you had to start curating future purchases today, what would make the cut? And here's the rules as defined by John O. Uh, you have to list up to 10 items. I'm not going to read the next part. It can be a mix and match of creators, properties, subsets of publisher output, or what have you. Just try not to put all mutant books or everything DC. It's a thought experiment on operating within predefined constraints. So a lot of our buddies on the Slack made their list of 10 things that they would uh, enforce the 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 curator, they put the curator hats on, they're like, okay, this is it. This is the whole gamut of everything that gets into my library. And so we decided to make a, a list of 10 of our own. Uh, 10 is really skint. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's not a whole hell of a lot. So I found it very difficult to stop at 10. So whatever. Just for the sake of this experiment, we're going to do 10. Yeah, I'll just say that picking 10 is nonsense. It is, but no, I mean, I, I, like, I like the rigidity of John's um, proposal. 10. If you could only have 10, this is it. Mm -hmm. Now, I have about 100. But for the sake of argument, we'll do 10. It, it's, it's, I, whether it was from you know uh, 10 years ago when i had to be careful and, and i didn't have space it was very easy for me to curate or 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 i was kind of forced to only get what i felt was deserving to be worth ordering worth going on my shelf so um i've kind of spread my wings a little bit in, in recent years, but for the most part, I'm still, I still have that, that same kind of mindset. I mean, I'm glad you're here, Vince. And, and it is one of those things where, um, yeah, I like, I like looking around my room, looking on the shelves and saying, I'm glad 
I own that. I look around and I'm like, I don't, I don't like thinking. I, I don't make, I, I don't, I don't regret any decisions for the most part, but I do like looking around the room saying that deserves to be there. I'm glad that's there. Uh, it's, it's just, I've, I've been careful over the years if, if you want to say that, but um, yeah, not me. That's the problem. I, right. I know. Which is why, you know, these, these kind of, these, these decisions are interesting to visit. And, and, and I, I, I appreciate seeing everybody else's comments, what they truly love, what they truly think, you know, listen, if, if you only have so many dollars to spend that month and, and you only have so much shelf space, what are you going to get? And, and it, I, I, it's interesting seeing people pare it down to just the the bare necessities this is this is what i can live on i, I don't if, if if i never read another issue of the runaways or young avengers or anything like that i'll be okay because i have these walt kelly or these don martins or these the these these frazetta books on my shelf right yeah i mean i would say that uh like pairing it back is tricky i mean I have certainly bought with reckless abandon. There's no question about that. Um, as we do each salvo of care packages, it's it's a little bit this exercise to me because yeah. I'm like, okay, I mean, I have a ton of collected editions, and it's always a nice litmus test to be like, oh, I don't mind giving this away to a patron. Right. Like I I I enjoyed it very much when I read it, but I. Don't know that I'll ever read Are it you again. Are read it again? And yeah. if I do, I can probably read it on one of the digital sites, or I can rebuy it, or whatever. Like I'm not like, oh, I'm never going to have that again. But I will say, as much as you all know, I mean, my my comic room runneth over. I am uh, waiting for these goddamn kids to move out so I can start taking over their spots and making more of a library. Um, <laughs> like, even I'm... though I have an insane amount of book, I have to say that when I look at it, I do feel like it's a curated library. Like, I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Oh, I'm glad I have that. Like, oh, that's amazing. Like, so it is an interesting exercise. I, I think for me, getting it down to 10 is an absurdity. Like, there's right. just not, it's not possible. But in the context of having this conversation tonight, I did it. Yeah, me too. Um, I got a couple things to say. In, in this equation, Mike Myers would be the Antichrist. Okay. Because Mike Myers buys everything. Uh, the, the books this guy consumes, it just boggles my mind. But anyway, yep. and, and this only applies to collected editions. I am super guilty on the single issue front of having way too much. Like my single issue collection is not curated at all. Uh, it, it, there's just tons and tons of single issues. Maybe someday I'll direct my attention towards the single issues and start purging some of those but this is just for our bookcases collected editions where you got to start somewhere right so um i've just i decided can can we give frank's first because this was the best out of all the responses our 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 buddy frank had the best and he said uh jono uh you asked for 10 but it really boils down to boobs Weird and scary shit, turtles and mutants for me. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Frank. <laughs> Frank's awesome. Yeah. But I'm not going to lie. I have 10, but it's not the 10. Well, to be clear, too, I mean, Jono said that we could be fast and loose. Like, he said that, for example, you can use, like, all of a creator's work or... Yeah, uh, and that's what I did, blankets. 
like he said, he didn't want you to get like yeah. crazy with the everything DC or everything Marvel or every Newton book. Like that's too broad. But no, but you could say like all Chris Claremont books or you know, okay. all uh, all Jack Kirby book. You know, like yeah. that, that's allowed. So because we are trying to basically foster a he's his his conceptual conversation was if you could curate a library of comics that would sustain you for the rest of your life, what would it be? And so, needless to say, that's not ten collections. That's got to be more than that so it's it's 10 yeah. pieces of of a through way that you could say oh this entire room full of comics that's going to last me my life is defined by one of 10 things right that's kind of how i took it okay i'll give you two you're gonna go for okay you, you want to go you want to go all right, you see all right give us two then. we should do it by twos because then we'd be by here twos. For, we'd okay. be here forever okay um I don't think it's any surprise that my number one is anything Jack Kirby. Sure, sure. He is the standard bearer for comics. So I welcome any collected Kirby edition into my library. That's a given. It's a no-brainer. Number two, which is a bigger blanket that I I threw down, the Bronze Age books that I love. They get free access. Now, what does that mean? It means Man-Thing, Howard the Duck... Tomb of Dracula, Dracula Lives, Monsters Unleashed, um, Werewolf by Night. Like, you, if you know me, you know the Bronze Age books that I love. Defenders, jeez, uh, uh, there, there's there's a ton more. Um, Master of Kung Fu, uh, Deadly Hands of Kung Fu. Like, I I all I sequester all those under the same blanket because they came out roughly within the same decade, right? So I feel very confident and justified in, you know, grouping them together under one slot. It may be cheating, but I don't care. I don't think it is. It's right up against it, but I mean, there are no rules here. I, it's right. Like, I think that's 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 <laughs> that's a that's as that's as wide a net as it probably feels like it's okay. Oh, I don't think it's that wide because I'm not talking. Uh, I'll be honest, it's not superhero books that I'm corralling right. here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it's more the, the horror stuff, the experimental stuff, the uh, exploitation things that Marvel dabbled in. I mean, Shang-Chi is, is straight exploitation, right? Yeah, yeah. So, okay. That's two. Cool. I, um, I, didn't, I didn't number them. I went more or less in alphabetical order. Um, so, uh, looking around and what I always kind of make sure that I, I get when they're offered, um, are the collections of the comic strips that I loved reading growing up. I've got my, I've got most of the Bloom County library. I've got the, I finally have the three book, um, Calvin and Hobbes. I have the far side. So I've got my my whole trinity and and that's that's going to stay with me no matter where and when we end up with next that's the, the those are constant always going to find a place on, on my shelves um the other thing i look around and i seem to have even though i've got a bunch of single issues by the man i seem to have a collection of ed brubaker collections and and mm-hmm. i feel that that's that that's just somebody who um if I see his name on something, I'm I'm always going to it's always it's always going to end up 
in my car, obviously there have been instances where I fucked up and I couldn't. So like me still missing the fade out is, is a prime example of that. But, um, I've got, I've got the criminal trades. I've got, I've, I've got the third reckless book right here on my desk next to me and I haven't started yet, but I mean, yeah. So, so brew Baker's on my shelf for sure. Boo. Number one on my list was, was my, my great comic strip collections. Excellent. Okay. Yep. Right. See, see, there is hope for you, right? Yep. Calvin and Hobbes, Far Side, Doonesbury. Like I, I like yeah. those are great. Not only do I like reading them, I could see rereading them. Yes. you can read them. You can open it up to any page and read them. You can read them from start to finish. They'll nostalgic because I read them to my kids. Uh, definitely something I treasure. So that's that's number one. <clears throat> and then number two, um, which really probably is not a surprise. I'm sure it be is is uh, the complete Alan Moore collection. You know the, everything that he's done. Watchmen. You know, America's Best, V for Vendetta, League of Extraordinary, you know, From Hell, Miracle Man, like all that. Like, because because not only do I think he's the greatest writer uh, in the history of the medium, but but he's also, um, you know, one of the, if not the most diverse writer. So I get my porn comics and Lost Girls. I get the Promethea, you know, I get the horror and so on. Like I, I can he covers every genre perfectly. You know, I can I can read the stank Neonomicon like I can get anything I want. Whoa, really, whatever stank. I'm in the mood for. No, I'm saying like the like the the, the dirty like okay, like, like gotcha. raw raw like so any anything I'm in the mood for uh, I've got a, a great exemplar of that if I have all of Alan Moore's work I I I, I own Lost Girls thanks to that weekend at Chris Campbell's when you and I went to Baltimore Jason oh yeah oh yeah that's wait right. he gave you Lost Girls yes somebody did and Hassan gave me um clandestine that weekend also but yeah i do believe i got i got lost girls and one of the tmnt collections nice here's a little bit of insight no i I got i have lost girls too i have the slipcase the slipcase edition i mean you got it when it came out but yeah yeah i have yeah here's a little insight into my curatorial process clandestine doesn't make the cut in fact, I took the I took the hardcover off my shelf to put in a care pack. Oh no, that wouldn't surprise me. I mean, no. I, that, that, I mean, I love Alan Davis, but yeah, sure, that's, that's not yeah, sure. Yeah, and uh, while we're at it, anything drawn by Jeff Lemire or Matt Kent, not staying. Well, that's you, but yeah, it doesn't. What is on your list? It doesn't. It <laughs> yeah, doesn't. Yeah. Sorry, it doesn't pass muster. We're not talking about the shit you packed up, right? We're talking about the right. Shit we're, there's ninety-nine ah, okay. percent of everything you've read isn't going to make this list. So. Right. Okay. So um, number three, uh, not to play copycat, but uh, another blanket, not as wide, but Alan Moore and anyone that's ever worked with him. Oh my god! No, no. So that takes up. Eddie Campbell gets yep. grandfathered right, in. That's, oh my god, because that's a lot of comics. Oh, yeah. Kevin O'Neill. Yeah. So, so that by saying Alan Moore and anybody else that worked with him, that leaves a spot for martial law, yeah. right? Yeah. Any Kevin O'Neill, ABC yeah. Warriors, uh, Nemesis okay. the Warlock. No, I think that's very fair. Yes. Yeah, and and four. That's everything. Yeah. Yeah, it could be not everything. <laughs> There, there is like I wouldn't put anything Dave Gibbons on the shelf. 
No, but just but but Watchmen. Sure. Or the man who has everything, the Superman, any collection with the Superman. Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's fair. That's really it's really. You could even have like all the Jason Burroughs stuff. You could have all that. Right. No, not all the Jason Burroughs stuff. I mean, we have to drop Jason Burroughs stuff. That you know, right? Yeah, you got to draw a line somewhere. All right. All right. Um. So I mean, Jason Burroughs doesn't he do stuff for uh broads? Not broadsword. Um, boundless. Yeah, I have no idea. No, uh, well, no, no. There's, there's standards must be set. Right. And, and number four is again to echo you guys. Although uh, decades earlier, the classic comics will never ever leave my shelves. And I'm talking Crazy Cat, Popeye, Popeye, um, Gasoline Alley. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, those those things yellow are kid. they're ever. <laughs> yeah, because I I was around when the yellow kid was really big. Mm. What's up, Mister? Uh, uh. No, like peanuts. Um, and and so by classic comic strips that also kind of treads into the National Lampoon idea of comic strips like Dirty Duck and Trots and Bonnie. And, and and stuff like that. Uh, Nuts by Gon Wilson. So when I say comic strips, it's like all the comic strips I love from maybe a 40-year span. All right, Vince's library is going to be big. It's going to be big. Oh, sure. If we only get to pick 10, i got to throw blankets down. Okay, okay. Um, I got to... Uh... It's not like I got to. It's it's what I have, and and anything new, anything that hasn't been published yet or, or, or gets republished, I'd probably end up getting. But uh, and it's not a large section, which is nice. So it makes gives me room for other things. Uh, but Darwin Cook definitely has a shelf. In my wow, life. I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, you've got the Parker stuff. You've got the New Frontier stuff. I mean, yeah, there is. A, you got Spirit. Oh, you got Ego. Right. So there's. It's not. It, it's not taking up as much space as Brubaker's shelf, but what it is is very special and endearing, and and it means the world to me because what right. he worked on just absolutely touched everything about what I love about comics. So, and mm-hmm. in, in, um, in terms of of ability, it, I would rank Darwin Cook shoulder to shoulder with Wally Wood. That's big friggin' doings. Okay, mm. yeah, okay, I like it. Um, yeah, different approaches, different different visual didn't voices. Make my sure, list because it's too sh- too small, too small. Sure, no, right. he's yeah, just. I wasn't. No, Cook is amazing, but he, is he on your list, Tansy? I'm sure he's not on yours either. I'm saying he's not. He's too small. It's too small. Probably number eleven. Yeah, it's too small um, of a. Uh, no, he's he's in my library, and he will never leave my library. But just for shits and giggles, we're doing a ten item list. Right. So so yes, of course, Darwin Cook didn't make it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's just yeah. too small a list. Yeah. But he's there. Sure. Uh, just like, um, it's, it's weird. It, it, um, it's not really weird, but it is, he, he is a favorite and he is somebody that I, uh, that I will always give a shot with, but, um, Warren Ellis, it's, it's weird. He's Ooh. not, he, he's not somebody who's been around forever. He feels like it. Yes. But it, it, he is somebody who the things I've read that I've enjoyed, um, I, I don't think I, Single issues, yes, but as far as collections go, whether it's um, Global Frequency or Planetary, anything like that, those those aren't going anywhere. So, yeah. You it's, love Planetary. I, dude, I, I do. You really I do. I 
do. I do. Yeah, I do. We, that 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 should. We got to go back to that for book of the month. But yeah, no, it, it's a. Uh, it is. Yeah, I, I, I'd probably just based on on planetary. He he's he's going to be in my library. I find it really odd that you don't. Whenever you say Warren Ellis, you almost never mention Transmet. It's true. Because I never finished Transmet. That's crazy. Like what? Warren, Warren Ellis could be in your in your all time like library list, and you not read Transmet. I I've, I've read the first oh. two or three trades. I, oh, every time, blast! Every me. time I, I want, I know I, I need to. I I know they have the the deluxe editions. I I will. I, I probably need a book of the month yeah. transmit. Right? Yes, we do. Like yesterday. What we gotta do we gotta do the transmit uh book of the month for November. So so I'll put that on there. Okay. That's it. All right. That's done. Nice. Transmit. Do book it. of the month. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Well, um my two broadest my two broadest choices, uh since Vince has already filled like the presidential library with his choices, um, are all the Avengers Omniboo and all the X Men Omniboo. That's all the superhero I need. I you know what? Like, See, I don't consider that cheating. Because well, good because I didn't think I was cheating. Was no, <laughs> because what did you say, Jason? All the Avengers Omnibus okay. and all the X Men Omnibus. It's not cheating. You love those books. Yeah, yeah. Like if I could, if you're telling me, like, all right, you're gonna live another forty years, knock on wood, and all the like, the, I, well, I would wish I could read lots of other superhero comics if I had to, because of these rules, only have access to a certain pocket. Those that those two Avengers, the titular Avengers and titular X-Men, there'd be enough in there uh, of various genres and characters that I would, that would carry me. Nice. All right. While you've raised that subject, I got, I need both of you to promise me if I somehow die unexpectedly, you need to reach out probably to my son because he knows jack shit about what I have and what it's worth. And I know, I've told him, I said, if I ever die, I want you either to keep the stuff for yourself and enjoy it, which the chances of that happening are very, very slim, or make yourself a nice little nest egg and sell the stuff. And he's Mm -hmm. not going to know what, you know, what's what. So both of you, just reach out to my boy and and push him in the right directions in terms of like because he'd, be, he'd be selling amazing spider-man for like a buck an issue and i, I would right. have to come back from the dead and just and I th- kill him I, I think it depends on when you met your untimely demise that well, would determine whether or not he's going to get rid of shit i think right I, the older he gets he may appreciate things and and mm. See know. a connection to that? Maybe I'm saying the older he gets. If right. I'm talking about in his thirties or forties, I'm not talking about right. You know, okay, tomorrow. yeah, that that's fair, but I doubt it. Right. Well, he doesn't like to read. He's a philistine. Well, he doesn't like to read right now. Shit happens. Things change. He's all about the Badusi. Of course, you can blame <laughs> him at that age, dude. Looking like that, who fucking wouldn't? It's true. It's true. All right. So is it my turn? Whose turn yes. is it? Okay. So yeah, I'm on. Two were Avengers and X Men, right? I'm on five and six now. Right? Yeah. Okay, number five. Again, not a giant blanket, but a blanket. Warren. Yes. So you've got your eerie library, creepy library, and your Vampirilla archives. For sure. Yeah. It, it, it's just ridiculous to me that 1984 and 1994 has not been collected in some kind of form. It's just plain stupid. 
But um, Dark Horse, Eerie Archives, uh, Creepy Archives, and Dynamite did the Vampirella Archives. They're in my library now. I don't have the entire run. I'm missing a couple of, uh, volumes here and there. But uh, for the most part, I got them. And the, uh, there's no way those things are leaving. Yeah. Okay, that's number five. Number six, maybe cheating. Uh but I'm just going to say heavy metal. If it appeared in the first five years of heavy metal and it's been collected, it's not leaving the library. So you have Mobius, Druyer, Tardy, um, whatever, Corbin. Yes, that's not going anywhere. Ever. Right, right. Yeah. Oh, I should steal that one. That's great. You ain't stealing it. No. <laughs> Fine, but it, it's it, it's it's not a giant window, but no, but I, I'll even give it the first seven years of heavy metal, because then you get um, so beautiful, so dangerous, right? You get all the well, that was early on too, but heavy metal fell off the cliff. Mm, I'm going to say relatively recently, oh, but yeah, but there's but gold in the, those first bunch of years, man. They're just amazing. Um. Yeah. Texarkana. Yeah. No. Oh. You're, you're not wrong. Yeah. That's, the, oh man, I used to love reading Heavy Metal every month back in the eighties. I'd, I'd, I'd hit the uh, right the newsstand and I'd buy that fucking issue and holy shit. And it was I, an event, right? But we didn't know most of those things. No. Almost all of them were reprints. Yeah. Who knew? Daniel Torres. Oh my god. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. No, I I have a a, a something from Heavy Metal. Not from heavy metal in the edition that I'm going to talk about, but I have something for later that came out of heavy metal. Excellent. Yeah, but let's do this. So yeah, what did I say? Five Warren, six heavy metal. Yeah. Um, five for me, which thankfully, eventually it's coming out. I know it was solicited and then resolicited. Um, but, and, and I'm not, I'm not getting rid of the single issues and I still buy them whenever I find them. Um, Anything milestone. It's it's something that is just one of those things that I I don't want to see go away. And, and and if I can look on my shelf and see that compendium and hopefully future volumes, I'll I'll happily make room for them. I think uh, it's as far as I'm concerned, it is it's it's a piece of history. It it, it was a it was just a time in comics that um lightning struck as far as I was concerned and and you know it it's it's back for it it's back to an extent it's not what it was but it's still but 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 they're trying and I'll give DC props for that but um but that that original go around it it's um it's it's near and dear to me so um I haven't bound single issues but um if i did they'd for sure be on the shelf and like i said now that the compendium the first volume at least is due soonish um hopefully that'll be on some shelves far and wide uh number six since i have the first three volumes um and i feel like i'm comfortable there because of when the third volume ends but i won't turn down future volumes 
uh, is uh, the new Teen Titans or anything pretty much by Wolfman Perez. If 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 I had the absolute crisis, it would be on my shelf. If if uh, you know the whatever crisis collections I do have, they're on my shelf. But I love those first three volumes of the new Teen Titans. So that's five and six for me. Nice. Uh, in keeping with the collections, I adore all of my Mad Magazine creator collections. Ooh, the complete yeah. Al Jaffe, the complete Don Martin, the Sergio books, the Prohias books, the Spy vs. Spy collections, all of that. I thank Gotta, Vince for my Don Martin book. Yeah, no kidding. Gotta have all of that. Um, and then... Uh, in in something a, a little more specific, but I just couldn't imagine not having it, uh, and it would always be there to scratch a particular itch. Uh, Akira has to be there. Can't can't not have it, and I don't know how I would put it into a more broader. So, yeah, I'm not getting rid of mine either. Now that I have that, those. I mean, I bought it shortly after it was released, but yeah, I, I and I know that that still has to be a book of the month one of these years. But yeah, that I'm I'm with there. I'm, I'm right there with you. Interesting. Hmm. Okay. Uh, six and seven, I'm on? Seven, eight. Seven, eight. Seven, eight. Seven EC comics. Like everything? <laughs> like everything. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. It's like what? It's, it's, it's a it's not like it's no 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 i'm not just talking ec comics proper i'm like ec comics if they worked for ec comics they're going on the shelves. oh, oh. so we got yeah. wally wood john severin jack davis um johnny craig uh graham ingles uh harvey kurtzman come on those things are omnipresent in my library if they worked for ec it's going on the shelf so we got little annie fanny i love it all right yeah uh, Will Elder number ten on on Vince's list. Any comic written in English ever, <laughs> <laughs> or translated to English? Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I, do you don't think that's fair? EC Whatever and all fit on a petabyte drive. <laughs> I'm You're such a dick. Oh, um. <laughs> well, I love it. I think that's a great one. Yeah. Thank it's you. nice to have three rooms dedicated. Well, who to who wouldn't think it's a great one? I know it's it's yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's yeah. but if if you're uh, going to limit me to ten, well, that that pushes it, me into a corner. Like keep in mind, this was I your mean, was exercise. This it, was your discipline. It was my exercise, but I didn't. That's John. I didn't set it to ten. <laughs> that's just crazy talk. But whatever. Okay. All right. So that was what seven. Yeah. What's up next? DC, or, Marvel. That's eight, nine. Is that no, it? no. Dark Horse. No, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Okay, I'm surprised this that's is fine. so that's, low on the list. So that's yeah. a, that's again, that's an umbrella. That's Eastman. Yeah. That's Laird. That's Jim Lawson. That's um, Michael Dooney. Rick Veach. Yeah. yeah. So I, again, I feel justified in just putting turtles. Yeah, that's fine. That's that's yeah. that's Freddy. That's uh, okay. So yeah, cool. Love it. Uh, number seven for me is like I well I alluded to it earlier. It's it's process slash history. That's that's McLeod's understanding, reinventing, making comics. That's Eisner Miller. That's uh, Men of Tomorrow by Gerard Jones. That's 
you know, the, the, the tomorrow's books of, of, but not everything, just the creators that, that I'm partial to. So, so the Don Hex or the Marie Severins or just, but took one it, of mine. I'm sorry, but it's anything okay. that has to do with, um, the creation of, or the creators of this medium that, that, that brings me so much joy. I, I think, you know, it's, it's, it's the DVD extras. It's, it's the the back matter. It's what. It's it's not. These aren't just drawings on paper. The people who actually made the drawings on on the paper. That's I. I have to have shelves dedicated to uh, to that area of of comic books. Word. Uh, number eight is uh, is weird. It's 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 almost like he's because because Darwin's writer and artist but really the only artist i think that's on my list um i i love umberto ramos and anything that uh wow i am like baffled that, that i that i could find from him because i already got the perez i already got perez on here you know i i yeah but what about like frank miller well that's i mean Yes, there there is the Sin City stuff. There is like the Batman Gil Kane, stuff. Like, the right, like, and and that's but but the Gil Kane, like I have, I you know I have under sea agent. There, but it's not I what have, you have. It's what like if you no. could fill a library and money wasn't like the like this doesn't have to be something you actually possess. It could be were you not on a budget at different times of your life and well, I mean, could fill a library for the rest I, I of your life. I I I, I didn't Starhawks. Well, no, I mean, I had and 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 the two because because Vince fucking made me buy the first volume, but 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 the Green Lantern omnibus, you know, that from the Silver Age stuff. Yes, I I have those. I have the Star, you know. So yeah, Gil Kane is already. I figured that was just something that was a given. I, I, you're right. It should absolutely be. He is a ten. He is so. All right, I'll. So so, Alberto, I love you. Right. Number eleven. Kane is, is all right. Uh, yeah. See that that that's. <laughs> That, that's cosmic <laughs> justice right there. Like I, I, I like Umberto's work, but right. yeah, no, he's you. no Gil Kane, man. No, no, yeah. you're absolutely right, and and it's you're, you're you're there's nothing wrong. Everything you guys are saying are right, so it's 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 fine. I I agree right. with you 100. percent Kane absolutely is 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 on this list. All right. Um, I had my tenth. I had like two two things written. One was a little specific. One wasn't. But seeing as how Vince is filling entire malls full of book, uh, I'm going to go with the less specific one because it's clearly still within the realm of the rules that we have put forth here this evening. Uh, Fantagraphics collection. Damn it. Because, like, there's so many indie publishers, you know, from Ad House to Top Shelf before it was, you know, folded up to D&Q that I adore. But if I only have 10... No, none of them historically can hold a, a candle in terms of volume of breadth and depth to Fanta. Yeah, preach. Like, I'm, I'm going to get everything. Like that's going to cover me in like every genre imaginable. Yeah, and, and and it's going to be super high quality because they themselves are curators of immense, uh, you know, skills. So yeah, the Fanta graphics catalog. Yep. It's very true. Uh, and then my my so and then this is my number eight. But so my eight, nine, and ten are all writers um so i will start because uh vince foolishly besmirched the choice earlier uh in the conversation uh all of jeff lemire's work written or drawn it's all coming with me sure. until i'm until i'm rotting away as a corpse so it's cute i'm not surprised at all it's cute it's just cute 
bastard. So that's that's your ten. No, no that's my seven that, that's and eight. eight oh, yeah. seven and eight. So I'm up with nine and ten. Yes. Dap took my choice. Um, if it's about fanzines, or yes. then uh, collected fanzines, history of fanzines, it's going on my shelf. Alter yep. Ego, uh, Rockets Blast, and the Comic Collector. Just I, I have tons of books about fanzines and fanzines created about different like the marie severin book you know uh, tomorrow's is great at this yeah so any if it's if it's a fandom publication in some respect it's got room on my shelf and jason oddly enough took my number 10 which was which was fanographics (laughs) i mean how could this not be on my list if sure. if only, and this is the, just the tip of the Fanographics iceberg, if only for Los Bros Hernandez. Like, if it's only Love and Rockets, it needs to be on my shelf. But Fanographics is much more than Love and Rockets. Mm-hmm. It's, oh, it's incredible. Yeah. Uh, so, um, And, but, you know, I don't think I owned a Fanographics book before we started this podcast. <laughs> and no now I think as I look through the website – when they have their sales, I can't find anything that I like don't already own or like necessarily want to yeah. buy. Right. Yeah. Right. But I mean with Fanographics you get a whole mess of comics. You you get the not only the comics journal collected strips. You get the classic strips, Popeye. Yeah. And and yeah. you you get the Disney which yeah. I you didn't see you didn't see the ducks on my list, but that's because I saved them for last yeah. with Fanographics. It's oh, the yeah. only it's the only choice. Yeah. Yep. 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 I mean, the tardy stuff. You got monsters. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. No, it is. Yeah. It, it's absolutely. Yeah. It, it. It should be on. Um, that's Simon Hanselman. Come on. That is a great addition. Yeah. 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 Um, number nine for me, and and again, this isn't this isn't a blanket. This isn't everything ever published. This is the, the these are the select works of uh, my favorite stories of. Um, but it it's it's uh it's superman it's whether it's the burn stuff whether it's the more stuff whether it's um the uh the silver age it's i i get a kick especially the older stories i get a kick out of but yeah there's just you know it it's 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 a moment of my life that uh if it's on the shelf it 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 makes me smile and number 10 uh, would be my um would be the whole Matt Wagner wing of the library. Nice. Yeah. There you go. Well, that's so totally say, expected. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Alphabetical man. W's. So oh, okay. it's, it had to be there. But yeah, okay. it's it's yeah. Whether it's whether it's Grendel, whether it's Mage, whether it's it's, and that's not. I mean, even some of the Grendel tale stuff that he didn't write. Yeah. Um, but it's still on there. So it's if mm-hmm. if it's a Matt oh. Wagner creation, um, or he wrote or drew. Then, uh, then it's definitely, it's definitely there. Yeah. Plus, you got the Bernie Moreau annex, right? You, yes. There's so many. Uh, well, you, I guess you could say Tim Sale, right? To <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, he did. Yes. Yes. Well, yeah. I mean, it's. I mean, in that case, if if we're then then there's also the. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. Yes. yes. Right. And all all people associated with Matt Wagner. That's fair. Mm-hmm. That's totally fair. 
I'm glad you said Superman because I mean you speak about a Superman comic like two out of every three episodes, so it's, it would be ridiculous <laughs> not to have. I mean, yeah. that is your, that is your no, he, it's your spirit guy. No, he dude. does That's carry like, the torch. Yeah. Yes. Um, my number eight, uh, not number eight, my number nine and ten uh, should come as no surprise to longtime listeners. Uh, the complete Jonathan Hickman works and the complete Rick Remender works. Gotta have them. Uh, no, neat, there's. I can't think of a thing that either have written that I haven't at least liked, not if not loved, and uh, you know it's meaty enough that it'll carry me, you know. Yeah. And uh, they're not going to stop putting out stuff, so I get more stuff arriving. Because part of my library is got to I got to I don't think I could like stop cold turkey. I need I need more stuff to come. Like I need I need to have some of these perpetuates so that I get more coming in. I can't. I don't think I could ever have a a, a static. Like nothing's ever going to be added to this again, type of situation. Right, right. Uh, and like we we said before, ten is really tough. Oh yeah. And yeah. I didn't mention Poison Elves, which always has a room on my shelf, and Claypool comics. Like you know, oh, Grimjack. I mean, yeah, right. There's a bunch of Tim Any, anything from was... First and or Eclipse. Stop. They're yeah. there. So. This is this is our our ten list with an ellipsis. Like you know that it's not limited to ten, but that was the assignment to pick ten. Correct. Yeah. 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 Fun stuff. I I think so too. Oh, one hundred percent. I mean, I've got you know. There's 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 the showcase of the essential sections. There's. I would have a Fantagraphic section, of course, a Miller section. Yeah. I mean, we'd all and, and there are things that we'd all have. The same of, um, I mean, N.K. Jemison only has Far Sector to date, but you know, as more stuff from her comes out, she'll have a section. There's just it's this is fun, and it's something that we could probably revisit later on down the line, see if any there are any changes. But I mean, for now, these are yeah. I, I think these are the ones that are kind of set. It's yeah, these are the, the the rock solid constants. Yeah. Now I'm really surprised with some of our slackers' answers to this. Hmm. Um. Not because I disagree with them per se, but because of like I thought I knew their tastes a little bit, and and some of them surprised me. The most surprising to me is the first answer is Chris Chavez. Chris is an old head like us. I mean, he's been reading comics for a minute, and his list is all of Tom King's work, all of Tom Taylor's work, Alan Davis, Pepe Larraz, Hickman, Junji Ito, and uh, Katsuhiro Tomo. Other than Davis and Otomo, they're all like current creators that really haven't been doing comics for much more than the last decade. I mean, I love them all. So, like, again, it's a high quality list, but I'm surprised that Chris like didn't go a little bit deeper into the crates with some of his choices. Yeah, it's, yeah I'm it's, surprised there's no Bob Layton. There's nothing Iron Man yeah, out here. Yeah, yeah. It's strange, but. No, again, I mean, everyone probably, and, you know, maybe he, he was looking for stuff that's grooving him right this moment and what's in the now. Um, Evan said, uh, and he's a man of impeccable taste, as you're about to hear, uh, <laughs> Rick Remender, Matteo Scalera, Sean Murphy, uh, uh, Scott Snyder, indie books, uh, Hickman, and uh, and the core X-Men books. So brilliant, brilliant list, Evan. Uh, well thought out. Um, Newberry says... Uh, Mutant Versus. collections, which he, and I know that's pretty broad, and he defends it. But he's—I mean, if you know Brian, like that's legit. Like Brian eats, yeah. sleeps, and drinks uh, 
Uh, yeah, for better or for worse. I mean, yeah, it's, mutant yeah. books, good, better, and different. He tries them all. Yeah. Um, Statics Press from Titan, which I love. In nice. fact, I might say that with the, with Magnetic's recent slump, Statics may have oh. the best hit rate of, of of European imports of late. <laughs> I mean, dude, Season of the Snake, A Beautiful Death. Yeah, yeah. you're not wrong. I know. Uh, he says, uh, anything by James uh, Tynan, I know he's a huge Tynan fan, uh, anything by Lemire, Remender, Brubaker, Vertigo, slash Black Label. I like that he, he acts like they're the same thing, so he can put them on his list. That's clever, because um, <laughs> they're not the same thing. Uh, Abstract Studios, so shout out to Terry Moore. Uh, I know Vince, it was probably number 11 on Vince's list. Uh, anything by Hickman and LGBT-themed works. Um Rod shockingly uh, says Doctor Who. Anything '80s cartoon related? Matt Kent, Jeff Lemire, and weirder the better. That definitely is fitting of Rod. Yeah, my man. Uh, <laughs> Pete, Junji Ito, Michael DeForge, Brubaker Phillips, Simon Spurrier, DC Maxi series. <laughs> Image <laughs> three thousand. Yes. Image, <laughs> li- <laughs> I know. Image limited series. <laughs> Charles Burns and Chris Ware. That's a good list. That's like a that's an eclectic list. That's like eclectic. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but with the with the don't you get the Chris Ware under Fanographics for us? So we're we're okay. Yeah, we're covered. Yeah, yeah. but he didn't think of, he didn't think of it. Um, Patrick, uh, Superman action, oh, all one word. So like the adapt the Titan Comics, Flash Gordon collections, uh, Iron Fist, Power Man, Captain America. See more characters. Fanta Ducks. Phantom Mouse, dude. Oh. Yeah, she said Phantom Disney would yeah. be covered. Yeah. Hellboy uh, universe. Uh, Jeff Johns works. Brubaker works in Aquaman. So, uh, <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, I Aquaman. Respect the Aquaman man. <laughs> yeah. Deep cut. I love that. Like, but I'm bumped. Yeah, live your best life, Patrick. Um, uh, Tomio, <laughs> of course. This, oh. is, this is phenomenal. Uh, <laughs> Weekly Shonen Jump. Uh, Inio Asano books. Yes. Tilly Walden books. But that's already wrong because he's not going to get the uh, the the Walking Dead book. Well, I think he, oh, he means everything. It's fine. He no, I get it. I Walden, know. Yeah. Uh, hard covers of great old manga series, a.k.a. Lupin. Uh, Frederick Peters comics. Nice. Uh, Tsukimizu books. Shira Moria books. Kenji Suruta books. Rosemary Valero O'Connell books and Brandon Graham books. <laughs> Jason, he's a trip, man. He really is. I love uh, him so much. I, I love how Brandon Graham's at the end. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, that Brandon Graham guy. By the way, now Chris Burton is, t- is taking the Vince approach. He's pretty much just said like comics. Give me comics. Yeah. When I like, read this yeah. list. Disney ducks mice. Okay, that's specific enough. Popeye specific. Underground comics, like that is like, what is like that is like a lot of comics. You okay. leave Christopher alone. Classic manga pre nineteen eighty. Okay, fine, that's a lot again. Classic comic strips, uh, classic Bond dessinée, funny animal humor comics, erotica, <laughs> EC comics, and Mad Magazine. So basically, any comic printed no. before nineteen sixty nine is in Chris's library. No, I co-sign his list. That's a very of good list. Of course you do, because you had the Library of Congress on your list. I did not. <laughs> um, Ian McCurtis, Grant Morrison. Yeah, it's funny that none of us had Morrison on our list. list that's. Uh, yes, I think. Well, but I, I think I think five years ago Vince would have had Grant Morrison on his list. Well, um, whatever. Let's just move on. San, uh, San, Sandman, Jeff Smith, Rubaker Phillips, Hickman, 
Simon Hanselman, Junji Ito, Chris Ware, Jeff Lemire, and Tom King. Um, John O, the man who asked the question, uh, in no particular order, he says all of Tom King's work, all of Ram V's work. That's wow. That's that's a deep cut. Uh, all of James Tynan's work, Simon Spurrier, Rick Remender, Brew Baker, uh, DC Black Label, Mignolaverse, Fantagraphics, and European Imports. Um, let's see. Uh, let's see. Chris Step. Hmm? Did you do Evan? Evan yeah. Okay, you did. Yep. Chris Stets, 2008 Judge Dredd. Uh, Annette Garth Ennis, Brubaker Phillips, Lemire, Peter Milligan, Grant Morrison, Jeff Johns, Remender, Tynan, uh, and uh, anything Batman or Spider-Man. Wow. <laughs> it's, it's pretty broad. <laughs> and, and it's yet, it. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Now, yeah, the list I read of Frank earlier, the boobs, weird, scary shit, turtles, and mutants, was his joke <laughs> list. His actual list is Tynan. Man, people get... Damn, I don't... Can, I just don't can, get it. Can I, we talk about a guy that's moved <laughs> up the ranks? I mean, Tynan is on a lot of these goddamn lists. Like, he's freaking... Uh, yeah. Like, like he's the... The, the wow. substack numbers must be through the roof. Uh, Terry Moore, Terry Dodson, Frank Cho, Rick Remender, Junji Ito, uh, Joseph Lindsner, Yodorowsky, uh Turtles, and at least one X-Book. Um, yeah, I respect that list. I, I gotta say... Uh, uh, Ito's making a lot of these lists. It warms my heart. Um, As he should. No, for sure, but it's nice to see. Uh, he wasn't on any of our lists, for the record. No. Um, let's see here. Uh, Jono gives a second list. Uh, I guess it's, it's his question he's allowed to. Uh, Fourth World Books, Arcane Archaeological Adventures. Hmm. This is thematic, he said. Thin-lined European styling, espionage, heist, mystery, noir, Genre mashup, Bronze Age, Marvel. Mm. So there you go, Vince. My man. And, and uh, comics with C and D listers. So there you go. Yeah, but the honorable mention is boobs. That's that's true. It yeah, is. yeah. Um, looking over these lists, wow, we would have very, very different libraries. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I'm the most surprised at Frank's second list. I, there's, there's two, three on that list that I, I can relate to. The rest of them, okay. But that, that's the beauty of this project. Sure. We, we are not a collective, uh, we are not uh, a swarm, we're individuals. So we're going to pick different things and that's great. So yeah, big big thank you for to John O for instigating this. Yeah, fun conversation. A lot of fun, a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my man, all of my them. Man. Our, yeah. our 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 peoples. Yep. And if you're wondering where are they getting all these responses, well, we have a Patreon site, patreon.com forward slash eleven o'clock comics one one no apostrophe, and we have a dedicated Slack channel for all of our butamous patrons. We talk on the regular twenty four seven. And this is the kind of stuff that comes out of it. It's a beautiful environment. So if you want to see what's up, just go to the Patreon page and uh, look around. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Um, I have some comics. And like I mentioned before, Heavy Metal, right? I did mention Heavy Metal. Mm-hmm. Uh, this 
I don't want to call it a strip, uh, this series of short stories was published in heavy metal at one time. But that's not where I'm reading it here. This is a 48-page prestige uh, Euro format collection from Antonio Segura and Jose Ortiz. It was published in... Wow, what happened? It was published... Is that a, a message? In, yeah. Oh, did so we all got it? Oh, okay, yeah, I get yeah. it. Uh, nice, yep. nice, nice. Um, odd that he does it when I'm talking, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the known. Where did I go? Oh, okay. Um, it was published by Catlin Communications. Okay. Yeah. It, uh, it's called Burton and Saib. Uh, my instinct is to pronounce the second name Sib, but because the character is a cyborg, I'm guessing mm. that it's supposed to be pronounced Cybe. Uh, and if you're uh, you're wondering about Jose Ortiz, I love Ortiz's work because um, I feel like I grew up with this guy because he did a, a good amount of work for Warren in the 70s. He did the uh, the strips Coffin, Night of the Jackass, Panther. He did a couple of Vampirella stories. So I, I that the same Panther that's on the cover of previous. Yeah, that's coming back from Dynamite. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I Ortiz has been in my life for a long, long time. And as I said, Burton and Saib also appeared in the pages of Heavy Metal. I'm not going to get too deep on this because even though this is a collection of short stories, they are thematically similar. Um, Burton and and Saib uh, are con men. They're spacefaring con men. They're always on the grift. Uh, I'm going to detail one story, and if you re- if you read one story, you pretty much get the gist of all of the stories. Uh, in this one, uh, it's called a chapter, they overtake a communication satellite, which is in proximity to this planet named Corda. And and they, they cook up this scheme to make the leader of the planet think Corda is in danger of being attacked. So uh, Burton and, and Cy, they they cover their exposed skin with fake burns, and they make up this story that they narrowly escape death from this giant battle cruiser masquerading as an asteroid. And the leader doesn't believe them. He's like, well, I have this communication satellite here, and I haven't heard anything from the satellite. Remember, they Burton and, and uh, Saib overtook the satellite. So now they can transmit messages. You see where this is going? They The leader contacts the the satellite and the Burton and Sibes buddies, they fake being attacked. They're like, oh my God, we're being attacked. Oh no. And they scream into the microphone and, and the leader uh, thinks, oh, what's going on here? So he orders his forces to destroy all the asteroids in the area. And, and he's frantic. So the leader tells his forces, let's get off this planet. There's something out there. It's not good. Burton and Saib cooked up the whole thing. 
right? All of these asteroids were very rich in ore. And to mine the ore would have taken them a long time and a lot of money. So the leader destroying the asteroids, blowing them up, made little tiny pieces of this ore, which they could later sell and uh, collect and sell and make money. And the leader abandoned the planet and left all the uh, real estate on Corda so Burton and Cybe swoop in and sell all the real estate. That's pretty typical of every story in this book. So why am I telling you about this? Well, primarily because of Jose Ortiz's work, which is absolutely stunning. Um, definitely, well, because he is, definitely in the European vein, but full process color, beautiful um, watercolor-ish backgrounds and modeling. It's just gorgeous to look at. And that's that's the, the real joy about this. The stories aren't anything great. Like one guy wants to hunt this elusive fish um, on this planet and they pretend that they hook a, a torpedo up to the guy's fishing line and he, he's fighting with it, thinking that it's this giant fish that he's paid so much to fight or to, to reel in. But uh, the... the uh, comeuppance at the end is there is one of these fishes on the planet and so now Burton and Saib have to flee the scene so it, it it's pretty much wrote the joy is in Jose Ortiz's art it's just amazing like uh, Saib is a, a cyborg he's got cybernetic parts and he's got a pompadour and squinty he wears glasses and very very um, strange yet endearing look to this character burton is a big old blonde guy very muscular and they have adventures and there's topless women and exotic locales and giant jellyfish and they're all rendered with just amazing amazing skill by jose ortiz so it was one of those books where you can turn off any kind of uh the usual scrutiny we we throw at the narrative portion of the stories because they're all simple stories they all have relatively the same ending um it's the same concept right it's like i'm saying no big shakes but visually these stories are just masterfully done by jose ortiz so um it again if you're looking for something to please the peepers and maybe not so much the brain uh search out this burton and saib uh, whether you know you you get the Catlin communications issues or volumes, or you scoop up a bunch of old heavy metals like they're in there, it's just a whole lot of fun. But the the virtuoso performance here is by Jose Ortiz. The art's just staggeringly beautiful, and I will put examples of this art in the episode thread on our website, eleven o'clockcomics.com. You click on the thread for, uh, what is this episode, 767, and you'll see a gallery, and there will be some Jose Ortiz art in there. So hey, the art's nice. dope. Oh, God, it's gorgeous. I think Jose Ortiz looks, I mean, as amazing as his color work is. I think he looks better in black and white from the Warren magazines, but again, I'm a little bit biased because that's my first encounter with ortiz was in the pages of creepy and eerie so yeah you're you know take that with a grain of salt 
But as an illustrator, he's just amazing. Yeah, really. Uh, one of the true greats. I wonder if uh, Jason Youngbluth of Weapon Brown fame was uh, inspired by Ortiz, because uh, obviously Ortiz came before Jason, but I, I, I see a similarity to their to their line and their in their his approach to facial expressions and whatnot. So yeah, the expressions are great. Um, Jim Warren was not a, uh, uh, an ignorant man as far as making money is concerned, so he, like Stan, would play to his readers, and every year. Warren would have a favorite writer. They'd have a, a a poll, right? Tell us your favorite writer, your favorite artist, your favorite series, your favorite strip, blah, 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 favorite cover. And um, I think Jose Ortiz, maybe two years in a row, won the favorite artist from the Warren readers. So, nice. I mean, you're, you're side by side with Richard Corbin and Jose Gonzalez, and you're winning favorite illustrator like how do you pick uh, i wouldn't be able to do it but the the warren readers did and so uh, yeah jose ortiz is just one of those guys that you don't hear his name thrown around a, a lot but if you do a little of investigating you'll be like where has this guy been all my life he's mm. just just outstanding it's a modicum amount of facts right there yeah <laughs> so there's um there's a big chunk of a book um, published under um, Archaea, the Archaea imprint from Boom Studios. It's about 330-some-odd pages. It's called 80 Days. Mm. It is uh, the debut graphic novel um, by A.C. Esguera. Uh, pronouns are they, them, and there. And um, I'm not necessarily sure this is going to be up Vince's alley, but... When I saw the preview pages, when I when I saw it in previews and I ordered it, it for whatever and it, the similarities are pretty basic in that it takes place in the air. But it reminded me for whatever reason of and I only read it from when it was translated thanks to Eclipse, but it reminded me of the old comic Area eighty eight, which is an old manga book which Eclipse translated and then eventually went to Viz. Um I believe it's also an old anime, but for whatever reason, the art style reminded me of that first issue cover. Um, completely different, though, because this this story kind of takes place. If if you want to put it in an, in an era, um, we'll say like the 1930s, but it's not necessarily based in the real world. Um, but it's about a pilot, for the most part, or it starts off with we we're, we're introduced to Jay. Jay Corviday, who is a pilot, all pilots want to do is fly. They just, they, that's how they, that, that's all they want to do. That That's you know, flying is life. Um, but there's, uh, th- th- there's a little bit of political intrigue involved in this book, but there's a, um, there's a radio operator who goes by the name of Fix and um, eventually Fix and Jay um start to catch feelings for one another and um jay's a little older and he should know better but the heart wants what the heart wants so there are things that and fix is kind of he's not shady but because he's had to do things to get by in life um he kind of reminds me a little bit of, of of aladdin from from the cartoon movie where you know he just he 
borrowed this to get by to help these other people and 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 if he can you know pay you back or make someone whole after the fact he will he's not he's not mean-spirited he's not evil he's just you know he's he's kind of like other people need this i'm 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 borrowing this to help them and um so fix and jay are kind of kind of a team flying through making their uh making their flights dropping off off cargo and whatnot uh sable though she is um she's she's kind of jay's boss for lack of a better term um and there's this whole there's the, the avo there's the, there's this like aviation organization that's kind of uh taking over and 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 they just want everybody to work for them or 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 they they want to be able to to call the shots um but when we find out that fix isn't um no fix has gotten himself into trouble jay kind of protects fix jay gets captured jay ends up being punished for fix's deeds um and and sable who was jay's friend for a long time because she's she's kind of torn she's you know she's just by the book working for the um for the avo but jay is still a friend of hers and 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 she warned jay she's like you know listen you should have gotten caught up with fix uh dude was bad news i tried warning you um but when avo when sable ends up um uh, we'll say protected when 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 Avo kinds of turns on Sable, she tends to see things the way um, Fix and Jay saw things, and so 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 Fix and Sable end up kind of teaming up because they want to save they want to save Jay, and uh, and and it's that's that's really a very um, broad kind of description I'm not, i don't want to give away a lot of the story but the art is what uh, i mean it, it, it's like i said it's it, it's over 300 pages there's a lot packed into here there's there's a lot of um cinematic style drawings um there's um th- th- there are moments where uh you start to see why fix how why fix is the type of person he is because of how he was treated early on when he was younger um there's 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 a little bit of everything in this graphic novel um the uh i I like the way ac approached their storytelling traditionally when you read a comic book and and people are talking in, in in a panel um you know the tales from the word balloons can get if 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 one person if if reading it from you know left to right like you always do and the one person is on the left side of the panel and the person on the right and they're having a conversation you can kind of see the the tail of the word balloons kind of loop around and they'll get artistic ac kind of just they understand their they respect the reader in the sense that uh instead of filling the panel with 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 tales you'll you'll know how the conversation is flowing because the person the tail the next word balloon may have like a um a divot or or a slice cut out of it to let you know that that 
the person speaking was is, is on the other side of the panel. It, 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 it's kind of hard to explain. It, it's easy to see, but um, but it's just it's it's different, and it's not. Um, it doesn't doesn't take away anything. You, you're still able to follow it along. But it was it was a neat little uh, visual change up than, than than what someone might be used to seeing when when they're reading a comic. I, I think the art's fantastic. I, I really like AC style. Um, hoping to see more from them. And and this is apparently a um, a graphic novel version of a novella that they had written um, in 2016. Uh, so it's an adaptation of, of their own story. But yeah, I, I think this was um, this was an absolute blast. I know that um, it was brought up on the Slack a couple of weeks ago. Um, I finished it last week. And because it is, it, because it is a thick book. And yeah, you can kind of just read it straight through. But I needed, um, it's, it's broken up into chapters. And, and, and I found that helped. Um because there, it, it it can be a bit emotional. You, if, if you really do start to feel something for these characters, there's there's a lot they kind of go through. It's a bit of an emotional roller coaster, depending on um, where you stand and 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 how you feel about uh, certain things. It's it's um, it can be heavy in spots. So um, I needed. I needed the break here and there, so so that definitely helped. But this was this is this is fantastic. I I didn't know I ordered it based just on the solicit um, and the few preview pages. Had no idea what to expect. Um, it was one of the first things I read when I got my box last month, and and it was um, it, it it's fantastic. I really really um, was blown away by it. I didn't like I said didn't know what to expect. Wasn't sure if. Um, if it would, I don't want to say keep my interest, but I just, I wasn't sure if it was one, it would be one of those things where I'll read it and as I feel like it or get back to it. But I, it, it, it kept me entertained straight through. And, and I think, uh, if it, it really did play out, it reads like it, it, it flows like something you could see on the screen. It, it is extremely well done. Um, I, I, I definitely recommend it, but it was, uh, it was a blast, man. I, I, I think the cover blows me away, but it, it's a solid, solid production. The, the, the packaging is, is fantastic. Nice thick paper, um, nice hard cover. Uh, definitely something I am um, super glad I, I, I took a gamble on. So yeah, 80 days. If, if you haven't gotten it yet, I definitely recommend it. If, um, if you've been sitting on it and, and haven't started it yet, please do. It, 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 it was it's a sight. It's it's black and white. Love the brushwork. I, I really really like AC style. It, it's something I'm I'm definitely going to keep an eye out for them uh, for anything else that they work on in the near future. Um, but it's just one of those things where it's not quite like anything else you might be reading or or, or find in in your box from uh, from DCBS that that month. So give it a shot if you find it. It's in the box. In the box. Nice. That sounds good. It do. Sure does. All right, everybody. Hey, if you enjoyed this episode, please traipse on over to Facebook, Instagram, Reddit, and Twitter because there's a whole lot more 11 o'clock comics than what fills your ears every week. 
And if you would be so kind, check out our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics. Remember, if you want to get your books, get them fast, get them delivered right to your very door. There's really only one place to go. And that is Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com. That's DCBService.com, where they get you the books you want at the price you want to pay. Stretch, like Reed Richards, stretch that comic book buying dollar. Or Ralph, Ralph Dibney. Yeah, why not? Spread the love. DCBService.com. All right. I'm still in the pre-code horror mode i haven't reached my fill yet <laughs> so i want to tell you about another collected edition from ps art books this is called pre-code classics worlds of fear volume two the standout story of this uh volume i'm not going to get very much into detail about the story because that's not the point i'm trying to make the the story in question appeared in worlds of fear number seven which is was published in November 1952. It's called Journey to Chaos. And the art is by Bob McCarty. Now, we're going to play along here because I've uploaded the entire story, everything, to the 11 o'clock comics page. 11o'clockcomics.com. Again, I'll say it one more time. Go to the episode thread for this this here thing and there's a gallery and you'll be able to read this entire story in there because it's public domain that's the thing so here's the deal about journey to chaos it's about a pair of newlyweds named stephen blake and his wife glory and they're driving around one night they're zipping down the highway it's raining it's dark and they're so much in love it's disgusting they're blissfully happy. Oh, can you only believe that it's been three months since we've been married? And, and, and Stephen's like, yeah, it's been great. Love you so much, baby. And she's like, do you think you can slow down a little bit? And Stephen's like, hell no. I'm full of testosterone. I'm fucking flooring it. And he crashes the car because he didn't listen to his wife, who was obviously smarter than he. Car flips. Wife dies. Glory's dead. So what does Stephen do? Well, he does everything that uh, a protagonist in a pre-code horror tale does. He, he cries out that, oh, I'd sell my soul to the devil in order to get my deceased wife back. And, and if you've been paying attention, evil is always listening in these pre-code horror tales. And so the devil pops up and he tells Stephen, I'll grant you your wish, but you have to accomplish three tasks in the underworld. And here they are. Number one, you got to get past Cerberus. He's big and mean, and you're never going to get to your wife unless you get past Cerberus. Okay. Number two, you have to outwit Sharon. He, the ferryman of the River Styx, got to outwit this guy. Okay. And number three, you have to win back your wife from the Prince of Darkness. That's their name, not mine. Death. So the devil says, here, take this sword. It's called the sword of life. Don't drop it. You're going to need it. Always hold on to this thing. It'll aid you in your quest. And here you go. And he transports Stephen into the underworld. And you see Stephen flying through space for some reason, 
holding the sword. You see planets whipping by, and he goes through this little portal, and uh, he's in the underworld. Now, here's the weird part of this story, and the, the whole point of me talking about it is that it's, it's almost as if there was a, a very severe lack of communication between the writer, who remains unknown, and Bob McCarty. Because there are things in this story pertaining to mythology that either they didn't bother researching or they just heard from second or third-hand sources and they thought, wow, that'd be really cool. Let's put that in our story. For example, Cer Cerberus, the giant three-headed dog that guards the passage to the underworld. In this story, Cerebus only has one head. It's just a big dog, right? To make it even worse, now, if you know your mythology, Cerberus is often depicted as part snake, which is entirely fitting because Cerberus's father was Typhon. That makes sense. But in this story, Cerebus is, uh, Cerberus, Cerberus, Cerberus has tentacles on its hands. I don't know why Cerberus only has one head and tentacles on his hands, but he does. But anyway, to make it even worse, Charon, who we have almost exclusively seen as a skeletal hooded figure, pushing the the boat with the giant pole across the river Styx. Charon always takes payment for his pe uh, ferrying you across the, the river Styx. Not in this story. Charon is an old man, and he's bearded and ratty, and he's naked to the waist. I don't get it. Stephen beats him by shattering his pole with the Sword of Life. No coins mentioned or involved. The ferryman was definitely not paid in this thing. And and the icing on the cake, when we see death, right? The depiction of death, he's a shaggy zombie. He's gray-skinned, lots of chest hair. He's got bat wings. He's wearing a green hood, like this green toga thing. And he's got green booties, with curly toes. Like, this is a classic case of somebody having heard something that sounded cool and didn't do the research or there was very little communication between the writer and the artist and they just did whatever the hell they wanted to do. It's batshit, bizarro, off-the-wall horror, but it's amazing. It, it it's You cannot anticipate what you're going to see when you look at this story. It's just so weird. But that's why I love it so much, because it's so weird. It doesn't play by the rules, and that's great. Uh, the cover for this volume of uh, Pre-Code Classics, Worlds of Fear Volume 2, was done by Norm Saunders. And it uh, accompanies this story, it's a throwaway little story, called The Eyes in His Hand. Don't pay attention to that. Just look at the cover image because it's this man and his eyes are hollowed out. And instead of being black pits, they're white. 
and he's surrounded by eyeballs. In my opinion, it's one of the greatest comic book covers of all time. And if you go to the website, you'll see it. I'm not going to describe it further. It's just, it's chef's kiss. It's so good. You need to, you need to see it. So um, if you have time or if you want to, you know, investigate this pre-code horror stuff, PS Art Books is the place to go. And this book, Pre-Code Classics, Worlds of Fear, Volume 2, you can get it on eBay for about 20 bucks. It's very much worth every penny. Go get it. That's it. I'm done. That's it? Yeah, I'm done. You're done? Yep. <sighs> Any travels. Um, is it, there was one thing I was going to discuss, which I'll, I'll save till next week because I didn't finish it, but I wanted to talk about it. So, um, But next week I'll talk about the Heroes Union binge book uh but in your travels something that came out this week that i definitely had high hopes for and i was not disappointed how could i could be not that i could be when your creative team is tom king and greg smallwood but the first issue of the 12 part the human target um was fantastic if if uh i know you know listen it's a 12 issue series i'm sure people are going to wait for the collection that that's fine that's cool uh this isn't something i could wait for and um and i i really really like greg's work um and i'm not saying that because my man gifted us individual pieces at at a c2e two years ago um seeing his work over the years, just nothing but make me smile. It, it's it it it's of a certain era. It 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 works um, depending on the story and and the setting for this particular issue um, is just super fitting. I I and kudos to Tom. I mean, listen, it's 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 visually stunning, but but kudos to Tom because there are little things that. Um, I wouldn't have expected other writers to maybe do There's There's a situation where, um, for those who don't know, the human target, Christopher Chance, um, he basically takes the place of someone who is being threatened. If if your life is in danger, he steps in uh, to take your place and um, and prevent your death and, and you know, bring to light whoever is trying to harm you. And... Um, and there was there was an old Rick Springfield series in in uh, the 90s, and more recently, uh, about a dozen years ago or so, there was a um, a uh, Mark Valley series uh, called The Human Target. I enjoy, I like the character a lot, and and uh, I've enjoyed the different stories by different creators that have been told with the character over the years, but. But this kind of this just makes sense. And in, in the first issue, he is uh, he's filling in for Lex Luthor, and and there's something that happens almost immediately uh, that plays out as the issue goes on, and um, and a mystery is born, and we have to find out uh, who may have actually been involved in um, in. You know, who who killed Christopher Chances? Basically, uh, the gist of it, and and uh, it's I, I'm hooked. I it, it's probably you know after reading the Vision, reading Mega Men, 
Mr. Miracle and Strange Event. This is, and, and as great as Mr. Miracle was for me, um, this is my favorite first issue of of, of a Tom King maxi series uh, so far. And and it it includes um, Justice League International. So it's it's that era. It's 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 the Mr. Miracle, Fire, Ice, Guy Gardner, Nort. Red Rocket 7, um, Blue Beetle, Booster Gold, Martian Manhunter, Batman Captain Adam, and Black Canary, the the old Mar- Kevin Maguire version of this team. Uh, so they're involved, and um, yeah, I'm I'm hooked. I'm, I'm in for the 12 issues. Like I said, I had high hopes for the first issue, was not disappointed. It was a fantastic read. Um and I could see me. This is definitely a, as of the first issue. This is this is the kind of story where I could see me rereading it, like I do with with Batman Grendel or Dark Knight Returns, things like that, where it just it's it, it it's comfortable, it's familiar. Uh, these are two creators that I'm happy to see working together, and and just based on the first issue alone, I hope they work together once this the story is done. Um, sometime down the line on something else. And uh, yeah, in your travels, human target number one. Yeah, I mean, that was a great issue, dude. Uh, Greg Small, Greg Smallwood has never looked better. And, and I mean, we've always been big fans of his work. So I'm like, it's not like I'm saying he's leveled up and wasn't good before. He was very good. and But I'm like, man, I, I he he's really stretching himself in terms of the way that he was depicting some of those flashback scenes and layouts. It really is, is stunning work and uh, it's, it's a sight to behold. So um, I'm glad you liked it. Cause I know you'd love that. You, you probably are on a short list of biggest human target fans on the earth. So um, you're, you're uh, it's not exactly, it's not, it's not exactly Legion that list. So yeah, um, <laughs> no, yeah. No, one, no one's fighting me for those commissions. Yeah. But uh, we're going to have a DC 12 issue maxi series Orama, it seems because <clears throat> For those that uh, go to the Facebook or the Slack and know that the we do the best thing I read this week feature, um, you all know that uh, after we recorded last week, um, I read something that uh, then made that that my choice for for uh, for the week, and that uh, is another number one issue of a twelve issue series by DC, and it's it's unlike Human Target, which I think we all expected to be excellent given the creators involved. Um, this was something I was very close to not bothering with um, because I wasn't sure if it was going to be some kind of like, you know, fifth week style event, like they're just trying to fill up the slate. I'm glad I gave it a try, though, um, and it was mainly because of the creators involved. I am talking about DC versus Vampires, number one, uh-huh. by James Tynan and Matt Rosenberg on writing chores with Otto Schmidt on art. Now, um, Otto Schmidt is an absolute art beast i love his work so much um he spent most of his at least career that i've been aware of doing dc books on a monthly basis um sometimes i read them sometimes i don't but i i definitely am smitten by the way by his line for sure just crispy clean just the right amount of cartoony um so yeah and I, i'm a you know you guys know i'm a i'm a vampire fan generally like it's it's I, I don't have a huge it's like a pretty low bar for me to enjoy a vampire story so gave this a try but I was not at all thinking it was going to be something that I want to bring to the table broadly. I just thought, you know, it'd be 
like easy come, easy go, easily consume. But I was totally blown away by the quality of the book. Um, it, it, uh, first of all, it's, it's, if you, if people don't know, it's, it's an, what used to be called an Elseworlds book. I mean, what's happening here clearly is not happening in the main continuity. Um, given, given there's a number of, of very high profile deaths in the first issue. So I'm sure that this is not something that's meant to be happening in the DC proper, but, um, but that didn't, that didn't dismiss my enjoyment of it. And in fact, it probably uh, highlight extends it because it's going to allow them to do some pretty crazy shit with, uh, with the, with the, the storyline. Um, we're introduced to Andrew Bennett, which um, uh, for, for those well-versed in your DC lore, you'll know him as a uh, I vampire um, uh, longtime listeners. When we, we all back in the day when the new 52 was launching, we, meticulously read and reviewed every one of the 52 uh, number one issues. And I Vampire was one of the short-lived series, but I, I enjoyed it when it was coming out. It just didn't quite hit commercially. But Andrew Bennett, a.k.a. I Vampire, is uh, is the, the main protagonist of this issue. And effectively, he's trying to get to the Justice League because he wants to warn them that there is a extinction-level threat uh, to the Earth right now. And it involves vampires. And the reason is... Mary, Queen of Blood, who used to be uh, Andrew's longtime lover, they've subsequently broken up, uh, is the uh, she's the queen of the vampires. And she was uh, effectively the one responsible for keeping vampires at bay for the last few centuries. Uh, she thought it was better to live uh, a segregated life from humanity. Um, but uh, she's been killed. We don't know by who yet or, or why exactly. Uh, but... Uh, as a result, the floodgates are open, and there's now uh, a lot more aggression coming from the vampires to the humans. And Bennett is trying to uh, get the Justice League to help before things go awry. Uh, he ends up getting to the Justice League uh, after some uh, mishaps. Uh, most of the Justice League, unfortunately, is away on a, another mission. But uh, a skeleton crew is there, including, um, including uh, Hal. Jordan and uh, and the Wonder Twins, and uh, let's just say that uh, Andrew's hopes of getting things in order um, go haywire uh, as he's in the Justice League explaining the situation. There's a holy shit moment I certainly didn't see coming, and uh, there's also some pretty funny moments as well, some dark humor. Um, I just loved everything about this book: the pacing, like I said, the little blend of humor that just hit me right. Uh, the art is stunning. Uh, and uh, clearly, based on this being the first issue of 12, we're going to see a lot of carnage. Like, a lot of DC characters are not going to likely make it through this uh, ensuing battle. And uh, I'm here for it. I'm here for all the issues. I thought it was fantastic. And, uh, yeah, so I'm just a stock up uh, on, on, on DC 12-issue maxi-series. Well, there you have it. All right, everybody. Hey, we hope you enjoyed this and come back next episode because there's going to be a whole mess more. If you would be so kind, Patreon page, we told you about it. Go there. Um, in the meantime, say goodnight. They are not kidding when they say 15.9%. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Vince is CP. <sighs> Woof. <laughs> David, I told you I'd be stupid by the end. Good night.
I want a conga. I'm a little stupid too. Are you? Yeah. And you, you know what? When you have it next to you and you, your glass, oh, my glass is empty. I might as well pour a little bit more in. Like, that's not doing me any good. No, it's not. Yeah. Right? I mean, I, and, and I have it here, and I I did, I wasn't even finished, and I poured a little more. And it's it's one of those things where I've I've gotten to the point where gone are the days where I would just drink because i felt like drinking or you know it's there or i'm lazy and i don't but there's it's it's taken a minute but it i've gotten to the point where once i've had enough to drink and i mean the goal is obviously not to you get a headache or worry about waking up with a hangover and i've 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 found i found that sweet spot so i know i know where my limit is i didn't for years i didn't and and I would just pop some Advil before bed and and hope for the best. But um, normally, I would have probably finished the bottle, but not tonight. I, 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 I'm maturing. It's nice to see. <laughs> Are we going to just go ahead and say that Transmet's going to be our choice this month? If you want to, yeah, we can. I mean, I... Yeah, and I'll work on the list for December. But yeah, we, uh, we can we, we can say transmit transmit volume. So one. I think we should do at least twelve issues though, because the the first volume is only three issues, and then there's a nine issue arc, and I think the first three issues this isn't gonna. No, like, it's not. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, and I think it's a like you, I don't you think Vince? I think twelve issues isn't too much to ask, right? Hell no. No, especially now that they know now when they're not voting on it in the middle of the month or. or one more time, I you you haven't read it. No, I read I, I read the first. Oh, okay, okay. I read, yeah, no, I've read the first two trades. At least the first. Oh, two. okay, okay, okay. Yeah, but I, I'd like to revisit it, and I'd like to maybe I'll, you know, for the three hours we're in Emerald City, maybe I'll look for the uh, nice for the collections. Yeah, it's a sixty issue series uh, for those yeah. that don't know, and it's uh, there are three absolutes of it, and lots of ways to to, to buy. Oh, I should hit up. Uh, I should hit up cheap graphic novels. See what they got. Cheapgraphicnovels.com. Graphicnovels.com. Yep. Okay, well, I guess Jason's not checking the Slack, so oh. I checked the Slack, brother. <laughs> so we're out of here then, and we will be back. Ready? <laughs> we uh, we will be back very soon. You never know when we're gonna come out of the woodwork, but we will. So, like a nightmare. yeah, go have some fun. We love you so much, and we will return shortly. Say good night. Gentlemen. Lady, y'all. That's it for that one. <laughs>